Welcome to the Let It Bleed podcast, a place where you can hear the liquor-fueled ramblings of two narcissistic wizards who conjure the essence of inspirational people every week and bring it straight to you. Just how do you plan on doing that? Magic. Motherfucker. And now for the wizards themselves, David Amaya and Phil Arroyo. Wow. That was a fucking really intense episode. In I a would good say way, that's the best of ways. That's uh, I want to say that's the best thing we've ever done. Uh, I, that's I really the most do. important thing. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> like that is uh, you know it was oh, just what an, an incredibly powerful uh, you know few hours that we went through here. So we're gonna kind of rush through this intro because I'm sure you're looking at the uh, download size and going, what the fuck? How long do they fucking talk for? But like, we promise I, you, this one there's like no fart jokes or fucking weed jokes or anything. It's just oh no, there, of... there's a there's a sprinkle of, of of fart and weed jokes in there every once in a while. It's not so dry, but like that was one of the most you know well, it, that, engaging in <laughs> like just. Just livening conversations that I, I think even I've had in like a long time. So yeah. it was, it was amazing stuff. We had uh, we had Stephen Martin on the show, activist, um, and just fucking American hero. Uh, me and him went to uh, high school together, recently reconnected, and you know I, I got a kind of a preview of his story uh, leading up to this and what he's been up to since uh, since we talked last, and just really getting to you know kind of dig into his experience and um, it, well you know. I don't want to uh, spoil it, so I will let the story kind of play out for itself because we're going to jump right into it. Um, but it is, I mean, it is inspiring, it is harrowing, you know, and he's such a, the, the, the Stephen Martin that I knew has always been such a, like a dynamic, bright personality, you know, funny guy, like you've definitely picked that up in there. And then just to hear what he's gone through and how he's taken all of that and, and put it towards something so, so real, so beautiful, uh, you know, towards activism and fighting for, I mean, not just himself, but for but for for all of us, in just such a such a selfless way. So, I mean, I, I don't want to repeat a bunch of things that I already said on the show, but it is something truly incredible. I cannot encourage everybody enough to stick around for the the, the whole thing because there there's not a moment in there that just wasn't just just wasn't just pulling me in in ten different directions. So no. I think <laughs> Let <there be> <laughs> surprise. <light. laughs> surprise light in here oh man so um yeah that is the uh that is how i want to summarize the show for today uh we'll let you guys hear it um but you guys can follow him on social media at steven star on uh twitter and instagram and maybe facebook and um you know i might drop in actually a couple more plugs um after this if we think of any of any of the organizations that um you know might want to drive donations to and stuff like that but it is um it is truly incredible and the whole reason we've got this big episode packed in today and we put so much work into this one is because that the elections are coming up and election uh, online voter registration is ending on Monday. If you are hearing this today, it came out. It is the uh, 18th and on the 22nd of October, online registration is donezo. That means after that, you'll have to actually drive somewhere and fill out a ballot and you know hand it to somebody and talk to some people and stuff like that. And even though that's not that hard, people are not going to do it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I just like practically let my bladder explode because I don't feel like going downstairs to pee. All right. If you're telling me (laughs) to vote and I have to go to the Orange County Registrar's office and then drive back to my polling place on the day of, like, I'm not doing all that. Well, I mean, I am, but I can totally understand anybody who isn't. So it is so goddamn easy to register to vote. It will literally take you. And I'm not kidding. I timed this three minutes 
Crazy to register to vote. That's all it takes. And it takes even less than that to make sure that you are still registered to vote because there has been a whole lot of fuckery going on that we get into uh, in I this episode. I had to do that. Yeah, I made sure. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. They're going to try to pull some crazy shit or exactly. something. Exactly. And like... I was like, nope, but you know, so I'm already taken care of on that end. Right on, man. See, and it takes like a minute, a minute and a half for them just to check, you know, also just to register. Okay. That's the, uh, the big push right now. October 20th, up until October 22nd, you can still register to vote online. Go to votesaveamerica.com. Go to, I mean, just type in register to vote online on Google and you'll get, you know, four different tools that will help you do so. Um, Vote Save America just happens to be my uh, preferred one. I think it's uh, the best one that I've seen so far. And uh, that is it. Make sure you guys follow the show on social media at Let It Bleedcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as well, don't forget to subscribe to us however you guys get your podcasts, whether it be Stitcher, whether it be a microwave, whether it be Apple Music, uh, you know, or of course, Spotify, our number, uh, my preferred way to do it now because it's just, it's fucking cool. Except they opened it up to like a bunch of people now. So now I don't feel as special. <laughs> they like open it. They're like, okay, like we'll we'll like we're really widen the scope of like podcasts we can take on. Nobody, nobody's no, on Spotify. We own Spotify. We were the first person. Nobody does Spotify like we do Spotify. Spotify we used have the to best be a goddamn Spotify. meritocracy until all these fucking. We have a best Spotify. Make Spotify great again. Snowflake <laughs> podcast got on and just think they deserve a spot on Spotify. It was, I worked hard. Goddamn it! I don't Pull know. Themselves up by their headphones and. <laughs> I'm running out of metaphor. Anyways, I was uh, just more amused at the voice. It was like it was a. Maybe we all know who you're talking about, but we all were like, "Come on, we oh. can all we can all." I, well, actually, I can't do a better Trump. I could do like so many other people, but we're not doing Trump. You know, we talk shit on him. Uh, oh, I had to practice one so we could do that mustard video where I played where I played Ketchrump. Oh, that character I wrote. <laughs> yes, that was. Oh good. man, I forget I did that sometimes. Well, anyways, uh, uh, let's uh, go uh, ahead and get into this fucking long but really interesting and important podcast because we need you guys to get out and vote. Uh, plus, you know, you're just going to be blown away at the story and, you know, this guy's articulation for his very first podcast. Enjoy. And as always, let it bleed. Call me, man. I'll help you. I'll, Great. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I'll, I'll need an equipment list for sure. That's oh. what I really need. But with, you <laughs> know, I've helped a couple people actually. All of the guests are so different too because they all are focused on something different. But right. one thing about them is that you know most of them are young and forward thinking, and you know understand that shit has to fucking change, change. in this world, and we are making that change. Right. Uh, or those changes, you know, by not only you know getting involved or paying attention, but also by like, you know, putting it into our art and our work and everything else. And so, you know, there definitely needs to be reminders of what is actually going on and why things need to change too. Right. So yeah. that's it's, what Phil usually does on our podcast episode. Yes, I, I am the constantly injecting the, you know, the the political aspect to it and trying to find that like that 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 purpose because, you know, the the culture that we kind of you know, hang around is, you know, it's all about self-actualization and realizing and, be, and becoming the right. best version of yourself. And, and my thought process on that is that like, once you feel like you kind of have achieved that or have gotten close to it, it's time to look outwards and start helping other people and seeing right. how you can, you know, best use your, your, your gifts, your, 
uh, you know, Strength. privilege, like whatever, you, whatever you want to call it and start giving back to the world, you know, right? yeah. that's, that's been kind of a very big uh, motivator for me. And that's why, you know, this is, this is always kind of the, uh, the corner that I handle. And with the elections coming up so close with registration deadlines being next Tuesday, which uh, sneak, next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, by the way, that's what this whole thing is going to be about. I actually put a lot, like, I want to put a lot more, uh, a lot of effort into this one. Because, um, well, you know, I really want to push people to get to that, that online voter registration yeah. because I feel like after Tuesday, it's going to be much harder to get people to actually, you know, go through all the steps because it gets, uh, you know, just incrementally harder. And I mean, like, it's going to take 20 minutes out of your day instead of two minutes. But, you know, that's mm -hmm. enough to kind of stop voting. Like, those little things yeah. all make a difference, man. And that's why I was like, well, you know, I was so excited to kind of uh, reconnect with you after yeah. we were talking um, in the, uh, the Marina High School reunion uh, for I him. love tearing that room up. So uh, you guys love tearing that I room up. Can't I wait. love to drop a good Trump bomb in there, dude? It's so dude. fun. Oh. I, uh, you have no idea how excited I got when you just came out fire, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be like that. Let's do this. Shit. I, got a, I got a couple of bones to pick. So you guys reconnected at a at a high school reunion or something? No. Or? So that. What's Our high school reunions, like ten year reunion thing, became like this. You know, it, it was like an event that kind of didn't really come together, <laughs> and I started reliving a lot of past traumas, like in the last two years, and I was like, every every time I look at somebody from Orange County, I I just think, who did they vote for? Like, and I'm like, yeah. if I'm going back to my 10 year high school reunion, because I did not have it easy in high school, <laughs> I'm like, I do not want to go back to a bunch of Trump thumping um, people who are like those proud boys. Like, that's a da yeah. that's a dangerous commodity Is that for me to be around. I don't know, because I, well, I moved away from Orange County and never came back. As far as I can tell, I think there are like pockets of it. Nothing. Well, actually, no, there's probably a couple like proud boys. I can think of a handful of names that would actually probably fall in that category. For, but for the most part, it's not that, you know, right. It's easy to focus on like the, you know, the handful of like, you know, people that will really live a bad taste. Yeah, in I was but, more like thinking like the actual people who I could potentially see as. The right. Like, you already, you already had school. some people. In I'm like, like, did they have an enlightenment that. period or <laughs> you never know? I will say this, though, that it is it is healthy to go out at least with that little bit of hope that they did because I was I've been recently surprised by a couple people that I was like whoa if like I would have just told some people like hey don't fuck that guy but then like after sitting down and talking with them like this guy's you know something happened but for the yeah. better so it does happen but you're right yeah. like if you already have like certain people in mind I definitely would be the same yeah like, fuck that no I'm all about like you know, <laughs> kind of like yeah those alignment periods you know and, and just I would like to just see everybody again just 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 my morbid yeah. curiosity you know that's right and if people... it ends up being like oh shit we're the only like same ones in a room full of you know crazy proud boys like then it's time to, <laughs> i can't then, tell like, you right, cool. how many people uh, like messaged me after i made that that comment they're like thank you <laughs> so what was the comment Dude, now you it. can't just leave us I, I was like um I, I think it was to like to the effect of like are we doing a high school reunion? And how many of you voted for Trump in 2016? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, brass tacks. Not like, I want to know. Right you just went straight into it. Yes. <laughs> and then someone asked, well, why is that important? I was like, because I won't come if, if it's like a bunch of 
thump, Trump thump being proud of people. <laughs> I'm like not into it. Did anybody like respond and say I did? Oh yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Some there oh, was a really? lot of hate, a lot of hate mail from like the other uh, the other class. The um, classes that were like older than ours, and definitely some people were like Stephen, oh, you I, should be I so enlightened. And, and so, um, what kind of form was this on? Why were there older classes? The, it's the Marina High School alumni page. Oh, I wouldn't visit my my high school page just because like I have absolutely no reason to. They didn't even have a ten year reunion for like my my. What shit. school did you go to? I went to Garden Grove, and I okay. guess I just found out, and you know, the absence of our ten uh, year reunion. Because of that, I found out that it was actually the ASB president that usually like gets everything either. together. I didn't even know that was a thing. But that apparently that's like one of those weird traditions that people just naturally like upheld for so long because it's like, what the fuck? How are you gonna expect somebody in high school to just commit to like, yeah, okay, ten years later, no matter what you're doing, you gotta come back and organize this fucking shit for all of these people to come and hang out together. And it's like, what a terrible responsibility. It is. And especially because our ASBA president was like, fuck, that's cool. <laughs> like she moved up north somewhere, didn't had no fucks toward, you know, doing that. Nobody else apparently uh, did either. So. Like do that and then so you gotta double tap that button and then hold it down. It's electric. So no butane or anything like that goes in that hit. Some Elon Musk shit. Yeah. Oh, Science shit, It's man. windproof. So you can yeah. just, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, it, we're, we live in an age where we have, like, enough of a reunion as we need, you know? We have, like, Facebook and we can meet with our, like, people. And are we already know how well they're doing or not. Or we already, like, know how well they pretend that they're doing through Instagram. Yeah. We don't really need to go yeah. and listen yeah, to people bullshit about what they're yeah. doing or like have like a sad, awkward moment of like, oh yeah, you really did go down that road. You know, it's like I, you know what the most the the only thing I would be more like the most curious about is like right when we graduated in two thousand eight was the big stock market crash, mm-hmm. and I I don't think that there could be anything greater that like our generation could like relate on than that subject, and I would love to know how that affected almost everybody in in the graduating class because mm. it was like uh 2008 high school go to college go to go to get a job but then there was like no jobs yeah 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 no like we were we were the uh you know kind of like that that millennial vanguard the ones that everybody talks about you know it's like oh you go to school you get in high school you get out of college and like here's all the jobs and then there's nothing you know we were kind of the ones and i mean within a few years of us like the ones who kept all found that out when you realize that that whole american giant dream, that promise is yeah. this yeah. giant <laughs> lie <laughs> yeah just get your money go to school get in debt that's like the one thing i could tell my parents it's like so, that they finally are starting to like understand yeah, if, this, if this isn't working like this sorry this is oh, like, kind of a janky setup we got here so you can like like that. Got it. This got is it, where we it. need uh vi- to like videotape certain parts of this so that we can get <laughs> yeah, the tutorial definitely. on the Elon yeah. Musk like oh, see, oh, okay. real fire, yes. real fire always <laughs> does the trick. It's such a janky setup, and then every once in a while I get caught off guard. Somebody's like, this just oh, shows hey, me a lighter? And I'm like, okay, well, so here's this weird Rube Goldberg contraction that I have made up <laughs> that you know serves as a lighter over here. Thank you. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys are if you guys are thirsty. I got drinks in the fridge, and uh, oh, I got cool! Some, I got some pizza over there if you guys are hungry. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, Bill got beer and pizza on the day. I'm like, I'm not gonna have beer or pizza. <laughs> like, I, I like, literally yeah, refrained from man. eating pizza today. Like, I just my stomach has been so fucked up lately, and it's like maybe I oh, should just stop stuffing <coughs> shit down there when I shouldn't. You know. <laughs> 
Yeah. Have you um, so, have your has your appetite become <coughs> less uh, settled as as you go on in age? Uh, no, I smoke weed all the time, so uh-huh. I'm always hungry. Oh, okay. And I have like anxiety. I eat while I'm anxious, and that's all the oh, time same. as an artist. Same, 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 same. Yeah. Food is my food is my uh, my actual boyfriend in real life. <laughs> yeah. So I you mean, eat because you're anxious, but then you smoke to get rid of the anxiety. The toxic then, oh, relationship, shit, though, the, the one that like beats you and you still go back to. It. Like, that's the way. I want more. That's like me right there because that's like I, I just completely stuff it down with all the worst shit. But I go through phases. I'm like like bipolar in that sense, you know, because I'm just I will go on these kicks like I started today pretty much where I went to Sprouts and I bought like a bunch of freaking stuff to prep meals with and, you know, vitamins and everything so I could feel <sighs> good. And he said, I'm not going to have sugar, no sodas, no pizza. I, I saw pizza in the fridge before I went to work and I'm like, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it with me to eat at lunch. So God you know, bless. And it'll it's probably realistically last about a month or two. the worst influence on you. <laughs> no, but this is good because this goes along with my, you know, thing where I have to really just like, fuck it. Who cares? You have to stand above that and have discipline because I, I've been extremely disciplined at certain points in my life. And then just like, I don't give a fuck, you know, like oh, seeing the, the, the polarity of that, you know, just kind of like, I, I, I understand what it's like, but fuck, it's all hard to get back. Into I'm either all in or all out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Things. Yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what how I am, and that's what she said too. <laughs> but uh, oh, you know, man. so uh, yeah, I mean, I guess to finish that story, uh, we were uh, you oh, yeah. know, oh fuck, we <laughs> no, connected on the um, on the Marina High School reunion, like because we were talking. I don't know, it was kind of a uh, uh, logistical shit show, I think. Yeah, on the back end. <laughs> And that, like... You mean it wasn't a big production? Like, they didn't really give a lot of fucks about your high school reunion? Well, I mean, like, oh, it ended up being, like, $80 or some shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not paying crazy. $80 like, to see people from high school. I won't even pay $80 to see my favorite artists, like, perform anymore. Same. I can't. So yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm on the list. list. I'm on like, the list. Yeah, I can't fucking do that. Like, somebody... Oh, it wasn't because of that, though. I wanted to go see Tenacious D, but I'm already playing a show, and I was like, fuck, should I back out and just be a dick and go to the show instead? But it was like fifty five bucks. I'm like, yeah, no. But it's not. It's not like when you buy Tenacious D tickets, you're only like forty percent sure you're gonna like the people you see there. That's true. That's absolutely true. You know, there's still a greater reward from going to you know blow what money I don't have for Tenacious D over a fucking high school reunion where it's like, oh wait, we're all friends on Facebook. Like, why am I here? Uh, Yeah, I feel like some some of it's going to be like not a surprise, and some of it is, you know. And I think that's why it was like it was cool because he said uh, there was some. I forget what the context was, but you're like, oh, I'm not, I might be able to make it there, but I'm going to be out uh, canvassing and I hope everybody votes for Harley Ruda. Oh yeah. And I was like, I was oh doing shit. that too. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you mentioned that. I read that comment. I was like, oh no way. I'm like, Steven's like also, also canvassing for Harley Ruda, which I had been at, up to that point. I don't know uh, really any people that like I had known from before. No, it's, it's very rare to find anybody who like has that same kind of like passion uh, to go out and actually you know, say something like that on a forum for like high school students, especially ones that you might not like understand or might think that wouldn't receive it well. So like what, well, you know, it, w- one thing that really brought me to like, to bring that kind of, um, that message to that moment was I had just come from Washington DC and, um, I was there for the tax bill Yeah, and the tax bill is Probably the most insidious thing that has passed since the, since it, Trump's been in office. It, it, yeah, 
and it is the largest transfer of wealth from what from the 99% to the 1% and it fundamentally undermines the ACA and mm-hmm. I, I have an incurable form of leukemia oh. and take a medicine that costs a hundred, almost $150,000 a year for the rest of my life. I am trapped. And so um, one of the other things that was in the tax bill was that um, teachers could no longer write off their school supplies that they buy yeah. for their class. And that just blew my mind. It made me so angry. And so I thought there's got to be teachers from our school like from the graduates from my school so I kind of casually brought that up and then like worked it into talking a little bit about politics because of how personal the issue became for me Mm -hmm. I wanted to see who the people were in Orange County that I hadn't seen in you know a decade that um had had uh, similar feelings about what was going on in the atmosphere at the time. Sure. Well, that's definitely and, something that would make you. You're literally fighting for your life, like you know, yeah. going out there and doing. But when you and went this, out, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I've been I've been waiting for this moment because you told me to to you, you did that uh, you did that that speech on that on that move on call, yeah. uh, you know, with Corey Book and everything like that. And when you told your full story, we haven't talked a long time. Right. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my. God, I had to listen to it four times, man. It, it, it really brought me to tears. I wanted to wait until like I saw you in person to tell you that and wow, get my reaction. Like it is so, so powerful. And we had already like kind of started to to set this up beforehand. But then I was like, dude, I, I, I've got to have you on to tell to I mean, to tell everybody kind of what you told them on uh, on that move on call yeah. and that, that that speech that you gave. And it was so moving. It was so real and humanizing and i've been i've been struggling to kind of find uh you know stories and uh, things to to relate why all this stuff is so important because that's that's i think is our biggest challenge um to reaching out to people of our generation and to younger generations to register to vote to actually go and do this stuff because it's so easy especially in an area like this where you know it it is it's well off you know a lot of people do not have much to worry about and they don't think really they don't think twice about a lot of the consequences of their actions or inactions you know how 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 could you how how could you be so tuned into all of this pain when 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 the area that we grew up in and by no fault of its own is very wealthy and has so many easy distractions so readily available to distract it's very it, it's it's a very complex spider web we're trying to navigate through, um, and people um, are just around the whole county have been reaching out to me and like ever since this whole like whole high school thing started or when I got sick, um, people have just been reaching out to me about the activism and I'm I feel like I'm slowly helping this county turn blue. I, I would say so, man. Yeah. Like even, I mean, just having known you as like a good dude, I was already just excited to have you on the podcast. I just, yeah. I know, you're, I know you're cool to hang out with, but like, God damn, when I heard that story, I was like, dude, you're, you're, a, I mean, you know, I, I hate to I'm butter jumping on the grenade a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I hate to butter somebody's bread like too much to their face, but man, like that's, that's a heroic, like straight up what you did. I mean, would you mind, would you mind telling uh, the story? Like, yeah. Uh, fr- uh, from which part? Starting from, I, I guess it was like, you know, kind of from when you, you decided that you were going to run after, or, or going to, um, you know, 
just Go really devote your time to oh, and activism I mean. okay. and how your story caught yeah. Kamala Harris's attention and stuff like that. And and moving on from there, man, it was just, oh, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah. So, okay. And, um, well, um, it'll, it starts in April of 2016. Um, I went to go get a um, an STI routine STI checkup. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you're gay, the CDC recommends that gay men at that age level um, routinely get STI checks every three months. So, mm-hmm. and I'm not worried anything at all. I'm a healthy person, and. Um, and then I get the, the, you know, I leave there and they're like, no news is good news. If we should, if you should hear back from us, it'll be in two weeks. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going about my business. I'm in community college. I was at Santa Monica College at the time. I was in the, in the quad. All of a sudden my phone blows up and it's a very frantic nurse. And, and I'm like, oh shit, I got something. Like, and then, and then she's, I ask about like the ones that you wouldn't really have to worry about. And then I started thinking, oh no, maybe it's something more serious. So I'm thinking because I'm gay, it's like, oh God, do I have HIV or whatever. That's going to be such a. And so I, I'm thinking this is the moment they're going to tell me. I'm going to hear it on the phone. I'm at school. Like this sucks. And then. I like get it out of her. She's like, I want you to come here. And I'm like, no, uh, tell me right now what's going on. And she goes, well, your, your white blood cells are abnormal. And I'm like, that's weird. Okay. So what does that mean? Like put that in perspective for me. And she goes, well, a normal person's white blood cell uh, response at a normal level would be scoring between four and 8,000. And, and I'm like, okay, so what's mine? And she goes, well, well, 10,000 would be somebody who like is very, very sick, maybe has the flu. And I'm like, okay, so what's mine? And she goes, 115,000. And, you know, from going to school and knowing what too many white blood cells means, I like instantly knew I'm like, they're telling me I have cancer. And I asked her she and and then she's like, I cannot confirm that but you need to get to a hospital. And I get to the hospital and they do the, probably, what was it, a day or two later? No, they went that night. They went that night. Um, they, um, no, you went to the doctor. Remember he said you need to go to the hospital and that's we were right. going to delay it a day. I was going to delay it a day. And then he comes back and he goes, your white blood cell count is at 165,000 now. You need to go to the you need to go to the doctor. You're at a larger risk for having a stroke. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh shit. this is all happening in the process of 24 hours. Yeah. It's so fast. And and so as that's going on, as my earth is shifting, I'm also watching the 2016 election from yeah. this place of absolute confidence that Hillary was going to win and I was not nervous about losing my health care I thought oh my god it's this is I can't wait till this is over this is so nerve-wracking um and then I election night and November was that November 10th 
2016. I go to Santa Monica Boulevard, all the gay bars in WeHo. I'm sitting at the Five Guys, and I watch Florida, Pennsylvania. Yeah. All of them start coming in, and these are, like, the key swing states, and I lost it. And right at that moment, I I was like, I'm going to die. This is, I'm there. I'm going to lose my access to my medication. I'm, I'm, they are going to legislate my insurance away and I cannot afford anything close to this. And it was the most surreal feeling. I started vomiting. I was crying. People were trying to console me on the sidewalk. Like with everything that had already happened to you in that short amount of time, too, you're probably thinking like, "Fuck, not like this is the end. This there's, is the there's end. Like nothing. Like this was like your fate. Like this just all meant to come to this shitty yeah. close." And I can only imagine how terrifying. And you know, like I'm over here, I, like sitting up, like I remember the, just the dread that I felt, kind of knowing in the abstract that was there, without really fully being able to understand like the 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 consequences just knowing yeah. that things are going to be bad the gravity of it like hit like a freight train immediately it was it was it was the absolute worst feeling and then i felt so reassured the next morning when hillary got up and her last words were to resist mm-hmm. and i was like i'm going to resist this i am not going to go down without a fight and if they think they're going to take my insurance away, they're going to have to pry me out of the halls of Congress. And and <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen, but I'm going to make it happen. And one, I, I was having trouble sleeping for about a year. And um, I, I used to spend all night smoking blunts on my balcony mm-hmm. and just watching the sunrise over um, L.A., downtown LA over the skyscrapers that's our the view from our apartment mm-hmm. and um I remember being up at 5 a.m watching the sunrise and I just like thought oh this is so beautiful and I turn on the news and they're like Kamala Harris is having a rally in two hours I'm like I'm going to that and um here I'll pull up the pictures um but um I just uh I got a green poster I called my sisters because my sisters were very worried about me um, and I was like, let's go to this protest. Let's, let's, let's be people who we've never been before and let's resist this and come with me. I'm going to have a poster and the poster read, I was 26 when I was diagnosed with cancer at uh, leukemia and the ACA saved my life. And, um, I wrote that because I took a PR class and one of the fundamental rules of that public relations class I walked away with is don't do anything unless you're going to be newsworthy. And so I really wanted people to know, like, this fight for healthcare, I will, I will die if, if, if this, if, if we lose, this is a very real thing. My, my white cells will just start reproducing whether or not I have insurance and I can't stop that mutation. And the, um, the government f- like forces this specialty type of medication. It's a very expensive medication. It's not like other medications. There's no other drugs for it. And um, I wanted people to bear witness to that. And here is 
No, that's not it. Um, I wanted people to bear witness to that. So uh, this is, um, I caught the eye of one of the organizers and they asked me to first come up the stairs and they pulled me behind the ropes and put me in front of the crowd. And then I believe it was a city council member for, of Los Angeles who goes, there's a very special someone here. Please everybody look over here up at the top of the stairs. Can you read his sign? And he read my sign out loud. The whole crowd starts applauding me for my efforts. And I'm not doing this for mm -hmm. attention. Yeah. I'm doing this for people to bear to bear witness to my testimony. And and I just, you know, start crying in front of everybody. And then it caught the eye of Senator Harris's aide. And Senator Harris ha asked for a picture of me from the from the event and um we end up um meeting i get to talk to her and sh she asked me for you know first thing how are you doing that's you know that's what you ask people when you first mm -hmm. meet and how's your health what what's going on tell me tell me your fears and you know i got to really have a like a very private moment to confide with her and we both walked away from from that moment, basically promising each other that we were going to fight. And I, she, when I asked her, you're going to fight for me, right? And she goes, it's the only thing I know how to do. And that, that kind of just made me feel even more connected to this moment is like how serendipitous that the first yeah. time I go to a protest. Yeah. I, I was going to say this whole Harris. scene kind of, yeah. it felt almost fate. like pre <laughs> predestined in a, yeah. in a way how, uh, how casual it, it all kind of fell together. And then the, or the organizer from, from that, um, from that event, um, her, her name is Nancy and she, um, she reached out to me. We reached out to each other on, on Facebook. And she's like, our photographers got all these pictures of you. You are so great. Blah, blah, blah. And I just casually asked her. I'm like, you know, if you ever need someone to speak or whatever, you know, please feel, f I, I want to get involved. I want to be a patient activist. I want people to have to look me in the eyes and, and, and know what the, what repeal of Obamacare looks like. It would be to deny me my medication. That's what it would look like. And so the, you know, it was full steam ahead in DC for Obamacare repeal. First thing like up on the order. Yeah. And, um, uh, I, I had at the time joined, um, an LGBT organizations, volunteer resistance squad. And we, we ended up leading about 500, 500 people into um, phone banking, postcard writing, um, rapid response. Um, I ended up just going there every single day and arriving with the, the staff at, you know, in the morning and leaving with them at night uh, all at the same time, just to asking if there's anything that would make your job easier for you to make a larger impact that I could do for you, like remedial work, just have me do that. And I was doing that and it slowly brought me into conversations and, and then that kind of led to being, um, on their leader, one of their leadership volunteers. And that was pretty cool. And 
um, it's it felt less like having to force people to bear witness and more like finding a community who all had the same thing at stake. And that starts to build me up a little bit more and people start looking at me for answers. And all of a sudden, um, I, the organizer from the first protest starts calls me and says, there's a speaking opportunity, there'll be news cameras, uh, it's about healthcare, would you like to share a story? It's a speaking spot for two minutes. And I was like, I'll show up. And so I spoke, I believe after Senator Ed Hernandez, who is a fabulous um, uh, senator who is in California's Senate, and he chairs the uh, health committee in the Senate. And he was fabulous and um, I got to I got to speak and be in front of people and it, 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 it felt so um, it felt like I was really standing up for the first time like since being being sick and and I spoke passionately and that led to more news organizations calling me and coming to my house and you know sh- shooting pictures of my all my pills and asking me about who I am, what I, what I, what I do in the community, getting to know me, making me human to a lot of people. And then it, then something like clicked. I'm like, gosh, this resistance stuff, you can do a lot of fun stuff. And all you have to do is show up. It is, it is like, you can meet super cool people. I met Adrian Grenier from Entourage. I got to be on a Facebook live with him talking about healthcare. Like, it was pretty cool. You get it, to it do, really, the perks of, of yeah. you know, but it's crazy though because like what you were saying earlier, really everything that you're telling about this story really does seem as though like you, you know, this is like a movie and you're like supposed to be this person. My like, my whole life is like this. Yeah, all like, the time. Yeah. It's this is just a very weird chapter. <laughs> and, and I mean, I mean, I, I'm just I'm realizing as you're telling this story that I only got the cliff notes in the you know a minute or two that they gave you on that on that call to kind of do your quick speech but my god man like this is i mean fuck if that's not if that's not moving if that's not a, a reason to fight like god that is yeah so i mean like i i hope people understand that when i said like when i was like yeah i, I think you're a hero oh, like you. what what that what that means like yeah. that is so you know i have i have uh, i don't know if you guys have followed audie barkin um he is a AL, he's an activist he he is dying of ALS and he is spending his last moments on earth as a father and as a husband um, fighting the Trump administration with everything he has and he gives me so much courage to stand up in the morning and go out and find ways to go out and help him make a difference and um, I just want to follow that example I think it's a great example because it's like a real example of, you know, how people need to get out there and and why it's important because I think that the youth are so it in with everything that's been going on, you know, like they kind of just definitely have lost hope. They don't think that it's worth like anything matters, you know. There's a very right. it's a very nihilistic time for a lot of people and it's not to compare suffering because I mean, I think that there is a whole what I'm starting to see with them is like people really are suffering, but they're just unaware that they're suffering. Like they're suffering so much and they're trying to find remedies to, to do that. But then here's an example like of somebody who like really is like suffering, you know, and will like, this is important to other people. Like if you are, if you care about other people, the way that people often go and say that they do, 
you know, then this is something that, you know, obviously is not just one person right here. That's this, that's going through this, you know, with yeah. 300, how many people in the country, like 300 million people. Yeah. And, and you know, there's gotta be so many other cases just like this. Right. And so the more that they hear it and the more that they see it, the more important it becomes. Um, but I do. I mean, I mean, there, there's tons of cases like this every day. And, you know, for me, uh, healthcare has been kind of my number one issue. Um, uh, for a very long time because so I, I think it's you know I, I've, I've grown up uh, both my parents were in the medical field my uh, you know for a combined like 70 years and um, it's always been like you know I've always had like a, a front row seat to like what was really happening in the hospitals and stuff like that and me being I mean really just overly like weirdly involved and obsessed with you know with politics and just the yeah. you know why the world the way is the way it is since I was like you know a freshman in high school like you know, having yeah. those two perspectives, like kind of right there next to each other, I, I, I felt like I've always been able to, uh, I mean, kind of uniquely see, um, you know, why everything was so bad. It doesn't have to be like, knowing that it right. does not have to be like this. There are so many things that could actually easily fix it, but it is such a, a, a giant problem to uh, educate people about because right. people, I mean, people just things they've only known this way and this form of stuff. and They don't realize I mean, what they put up with and why things why things are the way they are and that they don't have to be like this, you know? Right. And they don't. Absolutely. Not in the richest country in the world. Yeah. Not in the richest country in the world should we, we be putting up with nonsense. Absolutely like not. We spend so much more per capita on healthcare and we get worse health outcomes. Well, check yes. this out, dude. I watched 100%. this thing yesterday that blew my fucking mind about the military and how like powerful our military is. And I'm not like going into bashing on the military, but I'm, I'm just talking about like how much military we have and yeah. spending and all like, the, like we don't think about like, you know, how, there's always been that fear of, well, we need it. We need it to be safe, you know? Right. We need, and it's just like, when you look at it and they explain, they break it down like in a very strategic way from like the very beginning of how, like what happens and then what happened and like how, what would happen in the current state of where we are right now with the military. And it's basically saying like, even if the whole world decided to fight us like at one time, we would still have a chance at winning the fucking war. Yeah. Like, you know, because it of how, where we are. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like we're really like, and they just keep spending on it. Like they're not going to stop yeah. spending on it. Anytime and they soon. just passed another yes, spending bill, another which is completely immoral, bill. and right. it funds way too many projects that that are in the military industrial complex. It's so and crazy. I'm sure you can follow that money back to donors, back to stockholder shares in these companies that. And it goes back to employment stuff. too. Yes, because these companies like Raytheon and Boeing and. All yeah. of them that you know they have they have they are large organizations they have thousands of people and stuff it keeps a lot of people employed so it is very good politics to sell weapons uh outside this and, country and yeah, any place absolutely. where there's like a big factory for the that the whole town works at like you know what i mean that's what you kind of have to i do. mean this town that we're in huntington beach huntington you know beach. boeing gigantic for I mean, jpl you know, manufacturing. is just up in la it's yeah. not far yeah there there's some like that military industrial complex keeps a lot of this be running it i'm not you know denying that that happens but it's like the consequences of that yeah it's and like I, yeah. this is this is it's it's you know it's welfare for warfare is like JPL you know just, make weapons though or is that nasa I, well you know it all takes public dollars and does the kind of research it needs to be able to pass that information along to create new weapons you know so it's 
to, you know, you can't build a rocket if you don't know the science behind it first. So Boeing is kind of, all those companies are all dependent on the kind of engineering and science that comes out of those places. Right. Oh, of course. I was just going, like, you know, in terms of, not Boeing, I'm talking about the weapons like yeah. stuff, but you're right. You're, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, the, you know, the, and, and we just, we keep spending on this and keep spending on it, you know, and it's like. It, the I understand the actual reasons why they're doing this. They they tell us that it's to keep us safe. I think time has proven that that's nowhere near. Oh, uh, I think you know, the most true. dangerous thing on this planet is probably us. Our, our, yeah, our our quick trigger to to launch a physical attack. Um, and thinking and, that's yeah. going to solve everything. Right. And I've got sixty years of history to prove to you that it has <laughs> no. it has kind of made things uh, pretty substantially worse. I know there's. You know, I know there's arguments for it, but man, it's been a long time since there's been a very clear good guy, bad guy, and the guy with the biggest, you know, the biggest sword wins. And if we didn't, if if we weren't funding endless war, which the American occupation of the Middle East is an endless war that Absolutely. that will not stop, and if 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 we don't just decide our generation that we're done, you know, it's just going to mm-hmm. keep going, and all of that money that could be spent on health programs or lifting communities that are experiencing um disaster relief disaster relief exactly things that could lift the infrastructure of this country into the next millennium because it's we're still yeah. on infrastructure that was built in what the 40s yeah uh, all of that money could go to these projects we you could have fully paid medicare for all across this country if you want it if you want it you that's all it. that's all you have to do is you can want do it, it tomorrow it. because medicare for all is cheaper than what we have now 100 percent, it is cheaper than what we have now and it's also strategically a much easier way to um collect data on illnesses where they're traveling if it's in a nationalized system so that you can predict uh, disease and germ patterns and be able to prevent them and stop illnesses in their tracks before they even become an illness in a human host. This, mm-hmm. you know, this is something that the NHS has had yeah. great success with in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. It's one of, uh, Stephen Hawking said he, he would not have lived as long as he would have had the UK not had the NHS. Mm-hmm. The NHS has saved so, so many lives. And it's, it's, I mean, reading some of the stories about uh, whether people, you know, what they deal with over there and, and what their, what their system is like, you know, a lot of it's, 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 it's beautiful stories. And then it's, you know, I, there, there's one, uh, there's a comedian that I like a lot, Rob Delaney and his, uh, you know, he moved to the UK because his son, um, you know, also had a, a, had a cancer and it is such a, like, you know, and in that same way, he's kind of, you know, devoted himself or redevoted himself to kind of activism and told that story, um, you know, from that that dual world perspective. You know, he said, you know, talking about um, hit what he went through at such the, the most horrible time of, of his life um, and his experience in dealing with the NHS versus, you know, it's just so easy to see the, the comparison between then and here. It's just so much more compassionate yeah. and human. And these stories like I. I just, just, I just got a collection bill the other day. I haven't been to the hospital in two years. Yeah. I just got a, I just got a collection bill for $2,800 that's been hit against my credit that I had no idea the bill even existed. 
And it's like one of those things where it's a, an, a surprise bill. And I already, my insurance had already paid out $40,000, $50,000 for my first day uh, at the hospital. And all of a sudden there's this new magic bill that came out of nowhere that I never got a, a bill for and went straight to collections. Our system is fundamentally corrupt from the top down. Oh, yeah. You know, if you go... It, 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 but what did they end up saying you, about you, it? Like, did what, what ended up happening with the, it? I have, to, I, well, I have to go... I have to go now searching for a philanthropic relief through organizations that exist out there. And that is very difficult. No, to for sure. But they, but like when you went, did you say like, Hey, nobody ever told me about this bill before. Like you didn't try to fight it with the, there's no point. Yeah. I'm not, how, 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 how do you, how do you fight a, a billion dollar empire? Yeah. Fill how do you fight that? No, that's true. 12B. Like there's no, I mean, fuck, there's not justice in this country. I mean, like we cannot say with a straight face that there is actual Justice, you don't deserve that. Yeah, none of us nobody deserve deserves that. this. Yeah, this it's definitely this. fucking corruption. Like, and it's very apparent. People say it all the time, but this is another good example for people out there to actually, you know, listen. Like, it's not just fucking, uh, you know, liberal snowflakes making this up. People, you know, this <laughs> right. is this is some real shit that's going on, and it affects all of you, whether you, you know, think that it does or not. Like, you know, listening to. Donald Trump tell you that he's going to make America great again does not mean your financial state is going to get any better because you're going to realize that it's all bullshit. You know, you're fucking not there because... And what the fuck does that even mean? How do you make a country great again? For who? <laughs> like, who exactly. was it great for in the first place? Yeah, I've because seen pe queer people like me have never had it like yeah. really that great in this right. country. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing, you know. Like I, I saw a couple posts today that said the same exact thing. Like they just went down this list, and I started laughing so hard because it's so true. It's like you know we've never been great at all. Like you know it's just been great enough for the people that you know are no, we, kind of. We have never been great there have been people who no have been no no i'm saying it's times, great at, like yeah. enough for the people yeah. who don't give a shit about anybody else you know right exactly <laughs> like that's it's, it's great for it's great for the colonizer yeah. yeah it was a great time for the colonizers yeah i mean fuck man like it wasn't even that long ago that all of this shit was going down you know everybody just because it doesn't happen in your lifetime but like i mean even i mean shit does still happen in our lifetime i mean this this yeah. election was such a, I mean, just a rude awakening for myself, too. Because I'm like, oh, man, I had no idea shit was... Nobody knew that that was going to happen. I think everybody was sharing the same exact what the fuck is going on. Not the same exact. For some, more, it was even more intense. I'm sure it was you. But, like, yeah. everybody that I knew was like... Like, even people that I had known that were, like, voting for him did not expect that to happen. Like, yeah. you know, what the fuck? Like, it's like they didn't... They, they already, like, thought they were going to lose. And then, sure as shit... They fucking went crazy and did the you know what Donald Trump's ban and and it, it's 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 going from that point then to like the point of disbelief is is um it's almost like being in shock disbelief is like being in shock and it and when you're in shock you don't make rational decisions to uh, actively stop or intervene on something and. This moment really needs a lot of people, all hands on deck. Yes. And the, the midterm election will hopefully swing in our favor. But um, yeah, it, nothing, it, nothing is for sure. The, like we, nobody can say, OK, the blue wave has got this like, no, it will only I will. And I hope everybody uh, who listens to this podcast really takes me seriously. You, 
if you have not gone out and walked and canvassed and 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 try and convince people you need to get out there there are eight seats in california that we can mm-hmm. flip but will not if we don't get out and do the legwork it is legwork it is knocking door to door the other day you know i knocked like 50 doors yeah i got yeah 53 like 43 republicans and you know <laughs> a lot of them did not agree um some actually uh, one one lady was was convinced that she would vote for harley but you still got to go out there and do the work. Was there any really yeah, nasty? You still got to put. Yeah, it there up was. Oh, there yeah. was one really nasty one, but he, he, his mind was so deteriorated by the internet. There was yeah. just, there was no. I, I mean, it, there was no point in like trying to engage with him. But but on that point, you know, it does kind of give me hope because I hit. You know, we well we met up at that thing, and then we split up to do our own canvassing. So I hit I had fifty uh, as well. well 50, 53 not to brag and um yeah no the republicans that i got got like i went on a long string of them got like 15 in a row and uh one of the like the thing that i walked away with the most out of that was that like i i talked to them i told them who i was for who i was representing uh they were still you know and i said well you know wait wait wait, no if i didn't think there was any you know crossover appeal um you know i i I wouldn't um you know i wouldn't even bother you with this and and they all stopped to stop to listen and I swear, like, f- maybe five out of nine of them or ten of them, I, I honestly believed would actually, you know, look him up, look into it, like, would put that effort in there. There wasn't just going, to, it wasn't an automatic brushing away. And that, to me, was kind, that was, um, that was inspiring in itself. I mean, I know that doesn't sound like a victory, and that's very, very small. But just, you know, you get so used to the idea that, um, you know, nobody really does want to hear uh, the other side at least and i feel like okay okay that that gave me a little bit of hope there's still a so much just rot in this country and uh, i mean there is an entire party that has subverted you know all the of the decent of people that were in it and now it's eating democracy alive and it's you know we we can't support that anymore yeah i and i have i have a real problem with people who've grown up in this area and went through the education system that we went through which i feel like we got a great mm-hmm. experience with the education yeah. system go being that we grew up in orange county and i don't think you can you you can't just like unknow what happened in in history class yeah like we are seeing things as vicious and tactics that are parallel to things that happened in in, in the, the last century the that should Crow. have never happened in the first place yeah. and uh the the rise of fascism in this country uh, is very disconcerting and i i just don't understand how if you lived here and you have been given so much um in in life wealth land wealth privilege that you that you wouldn't place a check on that because it will come for you mm-hmm. last. Mm-hmm. You will you will be the last person because mm-hmm. uh, you're already doing you're doing so great. They take out all the bottom people first, mm-hmm. and when you're on when when you're a sick person and you cost the government one hundred and seventy five or one hundred forty five thousand dollars a year, like you're like one of the voices that gets silenced first. That's why they went straight for healthcare, mm-hmm. and I just think it is. It is the moral obligation of this area um, 
to that has historically been the Republican stronghold of the country mm-hmm. and the financial ATM for that apparatus mm-hmm. to absolutely fundamentally reject no we do not we do not kill off sick people we do not intervene and destroy communities of color we do not snatch people off the street away from their children we have an obligation as the children of this generation to absolutely fundamentally reject that because that is what I have been taught from a very early age mm-hmm. that you do not give you do not give that host or agency at all period and it, it's it's so it's incredible because we didn't we didn't really I mean it's it's not something that is immediately you know apparent to us always right. you know especially in this area and it's and it's it's hard to kind of fathom that world and then all of a sudden one day to kind of wake up and realize oh we're still in it like that that era of Jim Crow is really not that far behind us and stuff like that and seeing no. all the little things that pop up and and I mean I have like I said I mean since I was since I was 14 I've always taken a huge interest in this shit and then all and then realized my like oh my god how insanely insane just my life and just existence is and I'm so fucking lucky just to be just born who I was in that like it's it's like oh man like you have to do something with it because if I didn't if I fucked off if I just like okay like I'm just doing this and I'm gonna chill and do my thing and I would be fine like my god I would never be able to like live with myself really to me that's like seeing somebody you know getting stabbed in the street and not doing anything about it or something like that you know yeah and, and and this is where this this is where it becomes the absolute moment when agitators and activists have to step up Uh because this is a we're living in a story and and we need the right people to be narrating that story because we're going to look back on what they tried to do to healthcare and we're going to and we're going to see a vicious presidency, a hostile Congress that was viciously trying to attack poor people and take their ability to keep themselves alive after they had saved them and put them on a system that would keep them safe, Mm -hmm. that they would take that away and then they all died. Mm -hmm. That would be the story in 60 years. Yes. And what an injustice. How could... entire world and full of generations of people who have already learned these lessons from history and had access to understand those what implications from history look like and then when it happens let it happen so casually that is so it it is it is so weird to me that people have let it get this far uh and i mean i I don't know how you guys have dealt with the fact that, you know, children are in cages. But yeah. like, Oh, we had a very... I didn't stop talking about that for months. I, I broke down crying, like, for the first time on this show. I have, uh, I have like two really good friends happens. who hold hold the line um, for the Los Angeles resistance. I, I talk about all of these organizations as one collective resistance. Uh-huh. Um, but I have two friends who specifically work on this... Um, the, the the child snatching I, is what I would call it and they you know led led 
us out in front of the federal detention center and they have been camping out in front of it since this started and i'm I, i'm just in so much awe of that because that's the kind of jumping on the grenades we need right now we need people who who will do that who will be a physical marker that pe- that people can look at and say this is wrong so wrong that people are sleeping out on the streets to protest this and uh, i think that's important to show people that these times are not normal yeah and that i know i know too many people who uh, you know who don't see all of this as too weird because there's been this creeping you know this there was this era of oh hey we fixed everything and then around the 90s like really some of the worst stuff started i think kind of creeping back into the forefront and kind of i want i say poisoning minds and i mean there's some people i think who are who are who have been fed this narrative that like okay it's just politics is just two equal but opposite sides you know debating each other right. and like that's that you know maybe don't talk about it at thanksgiving but like right. that's kind of the 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 easy way to think about politics you know right in terms of the things red that and blue shirts even. and skins yeah it's just a football game you know you like the packers i like the the cowboys we both have bad taste but i you know we still we all hate the raiders yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing that can bring us together but um it's it's like it I have been trying so hard to to sound the alarm that like you guys things have been getting <laughs> have been getting worse you know things were getting I, and I was sounding this alarm before Trump took office because just the fact that he could get anywhere close to it was a gigantic signal to me that oh things are getting worse and I'm watching you know the the O'Reillys and the Tucker Carlson's just getting more bolden and embracing that i'm watching the internet and uh you know places like 4chan kind of start radicalizing people and just seeing more kind of outlandish ideas that i didn't think could seriously exist in a society where we all had the you know the full access at our fingertips to look at history to look at um you know to understand to look to understand each other to look into different communities and learn more about each other i i always believed with my whole heart that that was going to you know, do nothing but bring us together and make people understand. Right. Well, like, that's what oh, the, hey. that's what programmers told us. We're trying to change the world. Yeah, we want to bring the world together in a closer place. But really, what we got is a giant advertising. Yeah, robots everywhere. <laughs> and 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 all those advertising robots feed off of narrative uh, controversy, and of controversy, yeah, of of you know groupthink, of like-minded people all being fed exactly what they want, so that they can attach a dollar amount to that food that they're giving them, and and make that money off of them, and thinking, okay, well, you know, just this this one thing is not going to, I mean, you know, it's not like we're going to destroy the world or anything like that, you know, oh, just a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, leasing out some stuff to Cambridge Analytica, and whoops, this giant machine that we designed to be the most all-powerful thing ever created probably the thing that will like you know if i mean if catastrophic global warming doesn't destroy us first like the thing that would undo us would most likely be you know this stuff and and yeah and it it didn't take too long for somebody to take that and weaponize it because nobody i think i think silicon valley has been very um irresponsible and yeah. that I think they they make things without really thinking of the all of the different possible outcomes of what it could be. Right. Thinking how as soon as you make something, I mean, you know, I, I work driven. in 
I work it's in. It's all advertising dollars driven. It's all it's all advertising dollars driven. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I and I work in I work in video games, and so I I know that the first Where thing uh, for uh, Ubisoft. Okay. And I know the first thing people will do, you know, you can do all the testing and stuff like that you want, but as soon as you release it to the masses of people, everybody's going to just try to break it. That's just people, that's what yeah. people want to do, you know? I understand. It's like a culture. I understand that, like, that instinct, and hey, I do it too. I like that. And that's, I think that's part of the human condition, and that's why I think it's been so, I mean, disconcerting to me to see how proudly these people who are developing things like, you know, super accurate, real-time, uh, like, video manipulation, and using, um, you know, world leaders to show it's like, hey, look, I can talk and it looks exactly like, uh, you know, that's, Kim Jong-un yeah, is saying exactly crazy. what I'm saying right now. There's a oh, lot also of crazy we can, shit. We can AI hear his too, voice. Man. Like, like, they're yeah. the indistinguishability. And, be crazy, dude. <laughs> and seeing them, like, present all this just with giant smiles on their face without the hint of, like, oh, God, like, what have you done you know you've made the the frankenstein's monster dude i saw that scientology this is not related but scientology like had like this weird navy like ad yesterday when i was with kevin it was like they have they have a navy that's really why they have yeah they have (laughs) why they have deployed ships around the oceanic what world where they like bring people into slavery of Scientology like into the I'm just gonna say into the religion (laughs) and they have and they have to serve out a one billion year contract yeah and yeah didn't they they, didn't they freaking just and when and when you're on a ship the captain is in charge and they make all of the laws yeah so anybody who's on that ship is under authoritarian rule Wow! And, and didn't they just are... capture somebody or catch somebody that they were holding captive, or they found out that they were holding somebody like captive? They do this regularly. They have held so many people ca- captive, have beaten them, have killed them. They like a lot of them have come out and told their story. the The leader of the Church of Scientology, uh, David Miscavige, his wife has not been seen in like three years. That's she is dead <laughs> as fuck, dude. And like he's a high profile thing. People know about this, but like they are so powerful that they kind of can operate that's fucking scary like this, man that's terrifying and they're just a money operation too that's just a big they're gonna up. send john money travolta over here to fuck us well. up they're the largest they are the largest uh they have more property than any other company and or single person in the country they own more than anything Wow. Yeah, Isn't it's monstrous. Like that. That we. I wonder what kind of technology they're using to brainwash them. They're like Coffee. implanting some sort of. I got trapped in. I got trapped in a Scientology center one time. They. It was. It was pouring oh, rain out in New York. I thought Literally? you said that they like that you're like a survivor of like. Okay, but anyway, well, technically oh, okay. you are. I'm coming out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. At, I, was I was living in New York. The way on thing. the and uh, <laughs> they have a big you know center in. Uh, right in uh, Times Square and I'm just walking underneath all of the big signs so that the pouring rain won't you know mm-hmm. get me soaked and in New York a, a rainstorm can come out of nowhere like that and yeah they were lo- I and I'm just standing in front of this door under an awning while the rain is you know pouring and I don't have an umbrella and somebody opens the door and says hey man you want to come in and have a coffee I didn't pay attention to what building it was <laughs> Like they don't let you leave the oh, room. Oh man! They like want you to sit there and watch the video. Oh shit! 
And That's like, fucking so horrifying. Yeah. There's Dude, no yeah. then there's no doorknob on the other side of the door either. Whoa. That's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, you man. stay until until the video. That's over. fucking weird. That's some Matt Lauer shit right there. Right. Oh. That's gonna give me some nightmares. I'm gonna go home and like just be like thinking about yeah, this don't and over analyzing. Don't, don't, don't go on a coffee date with a Scientologist. <laughs> you know what? Like, yeah. and I've actually seen a few of them. There was one in or was it Search of Church of Christian Science? I think I, it was a couple I don't of different even know ones. Know what that is? I don't know. I thought that that was around before Scientology. I could be wrong. Maybe it's the same thing, uh, but it's slightly different. I'm not exactly sure. But I've seen a couple of them, and they look like friendly enough like these you know little sort of elderly women sitting at the front just with the books and stuff like all around they make it very inviting and i'm like i kind of want to just go ask them what this is about but now no, i'm never gonna no, fucking no, do no, that. No, 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 no. they're like uh, stay away from all of that witchcraft <laughs> <laughs> it's they're like 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 Greenpeace people times ten, man. Like, don't make eye contact. Oh, just I I kind of love how ride or die Greenpeace is. Dude, they uh, got me. They got me. <laughs> I was them for a while. But it's it's so crazy to me that like you know how hard it is to convince people that some of this stuff is real. Mm-hmm. And if things like Scientology, where there is you know clear evidence of um, you brainwashing know, such brainwashing views. like a gigantic criminal cult like of a mass scale these things are well documented on yeah. video and and they get away how hard it is to convince people that like things are not okay that like you know it, you know the the quote-unquote party of law and order is such a, a, a such, such a dissonance a dick within. wolf should sue for copyright infringement <laughs> yeah <that>. really man <laughs> like it's it's <laughs> i like that um uh how hard it is to tell people that like it's like know, trying it's like, to oh, convince somebody who doesn't believe the sky like, is blue that the sky is blue it mm-hmm. is it is it is that difficult and i think it is that difficult because of when something very gruesome or something very intense is happening i think that we've learned through media and or movies television that things are very dastardly and it's very intense and and stuff. Well, when in reality things just happen very casually. Mm-hmm. It you know, oh, you know, we canceled the insurance program that Obama passed. That sounds very casual, and it sounds like something a Republican Party should want to do. But really, what that looks like is um, senior citizens cutting their pills in half, mm-hmm. and that looks like me not being able to afford my insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I would have a pre-existing condition that would completely price me out of the market. Yeah. And so you would literally go through what's called medical starvation and, mm-hmm. until you died. And I just don't understand the, how the party of life and family could institute policies that would cause family and friends and our neighbors and our cousins and our just like everyone around us to just slowly wither to death. Mm-hmm. That is the cruelest thing. It's almost like they think of it as like a plant dying rather than a human dying. Yes. Like it's it 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 is so cruel and it's and it and the cruelness comes from how casual it plays out in front of you. I think- I have been screaming my head off for two years. 
that the fucking government is one giant dumpster fire with Mitch McConnell on side saddle. Mm. And you can't get people to take you seriously, even though I have, I am very credible. I have agency in this and I have been through the system. I will live in the system for the rest of my life. I do. I, I am a medical slave to my drug company. Mm-hmm. One drug company has the recipe for my pill. Mm-hmm. That's it. I owe them $145,000 a Tell year up front. Oh. oh, yeah. It costs $1 to manufacture one pill. And in Canada, the medication is $12,000. And this is a fun little fact. When all this shit's going down and the Russian investigation's going down, Michael Cohen... Mm-hmm. gets trapped. I find out that my drug company paid Michael Cohen $500,000 to have private access to the president. What? During, and, during, and this is the same week that the president announced his pharmaceutical drug reform. And my drug company is got, getting private access to the president because they have $500,000 to give. It's fucking wrong. <sighs> Dude. That just... That that embodies everything I've been, you know, screaming about for such a long time, and why when like when you guys hear me get so worked up, so angry, caring so much about this shit, you know, it, it's seeing shit like that. People don't realize like this isn't just the way it is, and that's why when people see when people see uh, you know Medicare for all, they think, oh man, everybody's gonna have healthcare. That's crazy. How can we afford one hundred and forty-five thousand dollars a year freedom. for everybody? And it's like. It, no, like this is how ruthlessly good at uh, at their job. The yeah. you know the PR for corporations parsing are. words, because illustrating stories through trigger words that they embed in their internet online deep web that convinces their supporters to. They understand the cognitive dissonance very well, and they yeah. know that they've got like a large population of people that will just, they're already waiting for you to just say the slightest thing against a fucking liberal. Well, it, and it's just like, yeah, just tell them that, you know, it's against, it, they're with like Al-Qaeda as a joke, you know, or something. Everybody's like, yeah, fuck them. Like, it's just... It's, it's exploiting the, like, worst tendencies of this culture in order to do it. And we yeah. talked about how if everybody were to declare war against the U.S. and the everybody else in the world that we'd probably win that is true for a traditional war what i've come to realize over the last couple years is that this is exactly how a foreign country attacks us and defeats us from the inside withering it by promoting just awful awful ideas yeah i mean they'll have us they'll have us kill one another while they slowly use their economies to change industries and make our productivity useless mm-hmm. to the world. Yeah. That's how you destroy a country. Yeah. You crack the minds of their people to turn on one another, and then you take their entire economy and render it useless, just like you would use uh, renewable energy to destroy oil. And, and they, they, they do this, you know, with the help, and the weapon that they use is all this technology that we were just talking about. Data. You know? Data. The data was sold to them. And that's how they come up with things like, okay, if we make uh, the wall a giant policy for us, then that's going to play super big in the Rust Belt. And like literally two days after they came up with that insight, 
he started talking about it on the campaign trail, and everybody was just losing their shit, thinking that was the greatest idea of all time. There's already a wall, by the way. Yeah. There is already a wall. And it pretty much goes from California all the way through New Mexico and parts of Texas. It's so frustrating to me, because I'm like, these conversations aren't even worth having it's really because, not it's not that's what the most frustrating thing is just like you that's what i'm saying it's that cognitive dissonance those people know that it's a dumb idea but they're looking for any little thing that they could just argue with you against because it's just this like resistance though to like just agreeing with some aside that they're like opposed with like i just don't think that they really understand what's going on because they've never had to deal with it I, anybody who understands what's going on they would fucking change their mind you know? well it's it's it it's not flashy you know yeah the movies have, have kind of convinced us that that a coup that that apocalypse that famine that you know actually like being a third world country what it looks like some gigantic cataclysmic event where it's like it's right there in front of your eyes and you can see it when really it's more like that movie the children of men mm-hmm. where it's like okay yeah like Society is slowly crumbling and everyone is dying, but there's still like TV and you can still go to Starbucks and like get a coffee and stuff like that. It doesn't feel like you're having to suffer and sacrifice and really it comes out of your, you know, it's like, oh, you know, somebody lost a job. Oh, wait, now you lost a job. Now you lost your insurance. But this is all happening over the course of the years. It's a slow starvation of of our, our culture and humanity. And and we're all just inundated with, uh, you know, lack of statistics and numbers. And, and thinking is hard you know it's yeah. really easy to think that well, it's hard oh, to make sacrifices and being in community that is a obligation mm-hmm. is to make sacrifices yeah. for for the sake of a community to have unity and oneness and wholeness in community you have to sacrifice certain things and sometimes that looks like time that looks like energy reading a book mm-hmm you know and it's so it's it's it hurts to see so many people who think that like who just don't think that they need to go it's like oh somebody else is always taking care of it but it's like yeah that, that happens until you get this and people don't realize how it affects them because they think oh it, it yeah no it's totally normal that like oh man i have to make sure that i get 40 hours a week at work so i can be full-time and have you know my employers cover my insurance and oh shit wait i have to get two jobs now now i'm gonna get which is a barbaric notion on all on its own that healthcare should be the responsibility of someone's employer. Exactly. That is bizarre to it, me. It, we have this this fetish for privatization. Yeah. And thinking that the free market is the answer for everything. And I'm not I'm not really bashing the free market because it has its uses and it has been wonderful in community, but or in it, you know throughout in society, but but then but t- times has, need to change. Eventually, like it has to like all go. You, you know, can, you can't just stay on these ideas that worked for a little bit of people for a little bit of for a certain amount of time and just you know like fucking say that that's the way it's going to be. Like the Constitution, <laughs> you know, like fucking stuff in the Constitution. It's, it's like it's fucking crazy. Aren't you going to go some rewrite some stuff? You th- think after time, like as things, like do you not just have that sense? Like what did uh, Joe say? He's like, well. If, if Thomas Jefferson came back, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, what the fuck? You, you guys, guys didn't write anything." Thomas she Jefferson, by the way, his largest shit? crop was marijuana. I would like uh, to say, yeah. um, he would be horrified that oh, yeah. that most of our population that engages with marijuana has been criminalized and put through the criminal justice system. And it is so perverse how. We we hold the founding fathers in such esteem, but we never use context. 
Exactly. And like, and, and people think like, oh no, like we couldn't just like let them all out now. Like that's crazy stuff like that. Right. Canada, that's, just, oh, Canada just announced that they are going to like, they're going to pardon everybody with a marijuana conviction from the last 30 years. That's what they should do. That's what I'm they like, should do. That's and, no, and, that's and, the In Los thing. Angeles County, um, so, well, when that law became legal, when it became, when recreational legal in California, both San Francisco and San Diego counties stepped up and are getting people out of their, um, uh, out of the, I said the wrong word. What is it called? Not, not just the prisons, but also the jails and detention centers. Uh-huh. They, they, and, and were, and we're working with the DA to effectively remove that from their history. And I think there is some some notion that restitution is going to be paid. Oh, that's Los fantastic. Angeles County, which has the most incarcerated population in the entire world. Really? Jackie Lacey, the DA for Los Angeles, will not put any effort or motion to removing people who have been locked up for marijuana charges at all it is beyond understanding and uh you know this is just a, a really great example of why the why voting is so important and you need to know where somebody's constitutions lie because if if we are the most industrialized prison complex city in a county in the world and we can't, and we remove a law that says people who have done this are not like we have seen the error, errors in our judgment, and those people should be free. And to have someone say, no, keep them in prison, that's disgusting. It's, it's, it's it, it is a testament to how perverse the system is and how much money they are making off of people. Is a fucking crime against humanity to me because, uh, you know. This is something that I think, yeah, like you were saying, it really ties back into how important the local elections are. Yeah, how important it is to Orange actually... County has no Democratic board of supervisor board of supervisor member, and board of supervisors control most of your Everything. life, all of your life. Yes, because they are the federal administrators of the law and and the distribution of money in the county you live in. They are Absolutely. the most powerful people. And in Los Angeles, our board of supervisors is only five people. Yes. And they handle a $20 billion budget. Yeah. Five people. Can you imagine not having the integrity of having a board of supervisors that doesn't even engage with discussion or conflict that they were all a unified unit voting the same way? Mm -hmm. That is frightening. There, that in, in these counties here in Los Angeles that are only becoming more populated with more people of color, which mm-hmm. is wonderful, and not having the kind of representation, but still having to pay the kind of taxes that white people are deciding for them, that's wrong. That's wrong. That, a board of supervisors position is the in Los Angeles is on the same level as being in the presidential cabinet. And I, I can back that up because Hilda Solis, who was our former labor secretary, is now on our board of supervisors. That's like, these are very powerful people. And here in Orange County, you know, just on how harsh they have voted on the marijuana laws mm-hmm. in Orange County is wrong. It, they, they know it's wrong. And, 
you we we have to get we have to get more Democrats in there. We have to get more young people who care about smoking pot, which is which there are plenty of good reasons to smoke pot. Number one, it's fun. You hear that all yeah. the stoners get the fuck out there so you can get this weed and not have to worry about it. Yeah. And we're, if and anything, get out there for yeah, the weed. Yeah, for the weed. <laughs> I, I literally already have like the normal California voters guide laid out and I have a whole thing planned for like <laughs> appealing to that part of it because I know it's like, hey, it's fun. You like it. It doesn't have to be as crazy restrictive as it is. It's because that you don't vote why when you complain about like curfews or like you know what what time shit closes or that you know legal weed is legal in this state but you have to drive to santa Ana to get it like yeah it doesn't have to be like this if you participated if you actually just gave if you smoke if you smoke weed and don't vote (laughs) there's something fundamentally wrong with you because it should be legal Yes. And and no, how many and and I mean it's it has literally on the books it has been said that oh we criminalized marijuana because and a lot of drugs like LSD because we wanted to make it we wanted to be able to make it a crime to arrest uh, just to be black or to be a hippie who resisted the war. Right. I mean that is a straight up quote. Yeah. And then when you couple that with like Jim Crow era laws that say things like felons uh, convicted felons can't vote. You know, just disenfranchising them Amendment for Amendment 4 in Florida, for everybody. What? Pass it. Pass, oh, pass Amendment 4 in I, Florida. <laughs> I, I wish I had more reach in Florida because that is such an important race right now because Florida, I mean, Florida is so fucked up. Okay. I, that's that's a whole other, you know, another two hours. We love Florida. Vote in Florida. <laughs> yeah, Always no, vote in Florida. Florida. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Gillum and, and uh, uh, Prop 4. Like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah the, the, that's a very, you know, crazy race that I've been keeping an eye on. And I don't know why I do this to myself, because I have no control over that. But I'm still just like, yeah. Um, I know. But, you know, eventually I feel like I will have some control. In my, actually, in my insane mind, I feel yeah. like I'm going to join the West Wing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can man. never yeah. be elected to office because just too many fun things that I've done in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's- But I could definitely be a chief of staff. Why <laughs> wouldn't she be able to do that? Do they like... Uh, give you like a background test to that nature no it's, it's i it's, don't know if i, I need my pass to be <laughs> scrutinized oh, in it. front of ethical people because <laughs> they definitely that's the kind of game they play but i could be a chief of staff you know yeah exactly being, being involved and being adjacent to this stuff exactly like it, it's it you know it's it's so important and to also oh uh, what i was saying was the, the the role of the da which is i've actually come to re- uh learn a lot more about, uh, especially through uh, John Legend's uh, organization, who's been, uh, you know, kind of teaching about criminal justice reform and how we can achieve that. Like, we don't have to achieve that legislatively necessarily. It's like the DA of every county has such broad, sweeping, gigantic power that literally one progressive DA could flip an entire, uh, you know, entire county, entire city around. Philadelphia is a great example of that. Oh, man, you you stole my Missouri, line, man. Missouri, they're going to get was, um, what's his about. name in Ferguson in Ferguson County. They're going to have the 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 Democrat the the Democrat oh. who is who's the favorite to win. Yeah, is he's you know on the ballot and he's gonna get justice for what happened in Ferguson. Yeah. It's, it's so important. It, it, and so it's really important to know kind of what these people do and what, you know, what each of these things are that you vote for, because this affects your life more than anything else. You know, I mean, really, like we're afraid to commit crimes, right? Yeah. Everybody is taught to be afraid to commit crimes. Yeah. 
you should be afraid of the administrators who judge what crime is. Yes. That's what you should really be afraid of. You should not be afraid of being alive. You should be afraid of the people who interpret what crime is. Yeah. That Very is, well wow, that is the most succinct way um, to summarize basically what's in my whole mission statement for the last two years, man. Because I'm watching, I'm watching. Dang it, run with it. Write a book. Yeah. Give, give, me a, give me a little <laughs> clap in the footnote. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. It, it's, you know, we... It, our, our institutions are eroding from the inside. And I mean, like, all of this stuff has basically not happened before. Every crazy headline that you see, this is not normal and it's not okay. Yeah. You should be fucking terrified when you wake up every morning. And I'm sorry, like, I sometimes I try to sugarcoat things when there's not much to do about it. But right now, it's fucking crunch time, which is why I've been telling all everybody hands on deck. every week, all hands on deck, at the very fucking least. Like, if you're... If you're if you're like, okay, I do not have enough uh, time or you know money or, or privilege to devote uh, energy to this thing, at the very least you can do is register to vote and fucking vote, you know. Yeah, and and that's only the least you can do. That's the very. And least. you should be doing a lot more. I should be able to go into my phone right now and call every single fucking person and say, "What is your voting plan?" Yeah. What is your voting plan? You need to be planning out your votes. In California, we are very lucky. We can vote early. We can vote by mail. We can go to the county clerk's office and vote up to 10 days before the election. Mm -hmm. That's that's That was given to us to be able to do it, to go out and find more voters mm -hmm. to vote. Yes. And the very least you, you could do is vote. But if you want to be participating, if you want to make a difference, if you want your life to have a little bit more meaning and start believing less in the traditions of religion and more in the powers of governance, get people to stand up for themselves. Empower people. Go out into this world and make it better. Because it's real fucked right now. There's no, there's no other way of putting it. We should, in 2018, we shouldn't be looking at the next 20 days as the most defining 20 days of the, this nation's history. We should not be looking at in, in 2018. Amar Campanagere, Mike Levin, uh, Katie Porter, Harley Ruda, Katie Hill, Gil Cisneros, Josh Harder, all of these people, are these are winnable districts in the state of California. You have been given the right to vote up to 10 days before an actual election day. You yep. better go out there and exercise that because it is so hubris not to. And this is coming on the heels of the dismantling of the Voting Rights Act by a Supreme Court that was appointed there by people who really didn't win. They didn't win the popular vote. Right. We have, they a, won we have because a conservative of, justice system and Supreme Court that was defined by stolen elections. And has even more so, because we have now one illegitimate seat and one 100% stolen seat. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I would consider I would consider a few of them illegitimate seats. Because if you, if you look at... Uh, 
I mean, if, if you if you see what uh, the Republican Party has done to so entrench their power and stack the deck against us is that we are so fortunate that we don't really see it that much in our own day to day. Even being surrounded by Republicans, we still have such like we are, are so lucky to have such great like uh, voting, uh, you know, laws and procedures like in this state, while in at the very same time in North Dakota, they're passing. They just passed a. Uh, a voter restriction law that says that you can't uh, you can't use a P.O. box on your ID when you show up to vote, knowing that there are like 40,000 Native Americans who live on uh, tribes and rural land who live like that, but they have P.O. boxes. And that's been the way that they voted for decades. And they just changed it right now. And the process is so egregious, so fucking crazy. You wouldn't believe that it can happen in this country. And this is also while in Georgia, you've got uh, the Secretary of State for Brian Georgia, Brian Kemp, who is overseeing the um, you know the fairness of the election that yeah, he is Secretary running. Of State, in. He counts the number of ballots exactly. That is, and he has not recused himself. And he has, I, I, I think it's in the, I know it's in the tens of thousands. I want to say it's between fifty and sixty thousand uh, voter registration forms sitting in his office in a desk. And from primarily black and brown communities. 70, 75%, I believe it is. 75%. This is In the most populated counties for black people, too. So they're really, I mean, it, 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 it's precise picking. And it's, it is undeniable what they're doing and why they're doing it. Yeah. And so, God damn it. Like, we actually have the power in here, like, because you know, normally I would say, like, you know, like Senate stuff, it's like, okay, this we're usually going to vote for a very progressive senator and stuff like that. But when we do have this, this hub in Orange County that is providing, uh, you know, good soldiers for this, you know, dismantling of the American democracy, like the man who has represented Huntington Beach, Newport, Costa Mesa for the last 30 years, Dana Rohrbacher, Dana Cockbacher, Dana Rohrbacher, yeah, Dana Russia, <laughs> like, who has come, like, he just bought and paid for it. And, and I have, I actually have a like three page document lined up with, uh, like, just line items of everything that he has done and why he is, you know, why he's destroying this country. Um, but but the the point is that this is a time where at least the reach of this audience and the reach of the people that we know and 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 I feel like such a such a call that like I like this is one of the defining moments where I don't want to be fifty looking back and thinking about how I didn't I really didn't care that much or didn't do as much as I as I could have or should have um, during this election we can really unseat this guy and I I have felt I have been fearing that day on the porch on 50 just thinking about all of the horrors i ignored to get to where i was since i was like 15 and i never wanted to be that person and and i you know that's why i'm kind of phrasing these things in the way they are because i'm hoping that you know if somebody who maybe hadn't taken the same path has not stayed up to date with a lot of stuff doesn't really fully understand the consequences and like what they can do and how kind of crazy of an opportunity it is that we have the power to actually fight and make a difference all and i'm talking about all of us who are able to hear my voice who can vote and actually uh help other people vote too exactly like if you are anywhere near as close to you know you know as as well off as i have been and not like i don't have my problems but like hey like i'm saying 
speaking from the perspective of like the entire world, I'm doing very fucking well. And if you don't think that you have the the energy, the time, the skills to help, it's like you, yeah, if you think that, that, let me tell you about my life because I have fucking cancer, I am broke, and I am doing this 24-7. And yeah, you, like, like no matter what your cause, like, no matter what your status in life is at the at the current moment, you need to be doing something, you, you, working towards this democracy, because we're about to lose it. Things, and I, exactly, I've been saying that for a very long time, we are literally, and I'm, I'm not being hyperbolic, we are literally at risk of losing our democracy if things do not swing uh, this way, you know, in, in even, even you know what's even worse, worse than losing our democracy, the global warming report that came out yeah. recently just we, said that the global supply of barley will be gone and hops. Mm-hmm. We'll lose beer. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck the democracy. <laughs> Do you want to lose beer. beer? Do it for beer. Do it for the beer. <laughs> Do it for the cervezas. <laughs> Seriously, like Are taco. You can't, and 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 avocados. You can't have next. Taco Tuesday without yeah. beer, guys. You, you can't, can't have, have Sunday Fun Day without beer. You, you can't. can't yeah. Saturday can't be for the boys if you don't have beer, right? right? Are you going to let Donald Trump take beer from you? <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And then the bumblebees, <laughs> the bumblebees, if you don't have bumblebees, you don't have avocados. You don't have avocado. Oh, shit. You don't have guac. And yes, I know guac is extra. Oh. <laughs> you don't got shit if you don't got guac and beer, right? No beer, no guac. What, what's the fucking point? Right? Exactly. Seriously. That's the, that's the final bastion that we're talking about. You know, the last people that they go for is you, okay? Well, we're you know showing what? you the roadmap. We're saying they're taking the beer, they're taking the guac. Like, I... And, and, you know, I've had this conversation so many times with people and I ask a very, very, very simple question after we have a good um, exchange of ideas. And, you know, I people ask me about my activism all the time and I go and I ask, what are you doing? How are you contributing? Oh, I haven't yet. And then they go, I understand why you are doing it. And I so support you, blah, 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 this and that. And that all feels good. But then the question I like to ask is, what is the day going to look like when you decide to take action? What has to be so horrible that it's going to, that it, that it will actually physically move your body into action? I am I am here as a first wave ally and accomplice to tell you we are at the tipping point. And if you are waiting for that moment for something so horrible to happen to you before you get involved, it's too late. You need to be involved now. This is the moment. That that is very true and I am I'm am- constantly you know embarrassed to say that like as active as i was in in just knowing all this stuff having as obsessive as i was about like just following the news and politics and really coming to a better understanding of like uh you know the role of government a lot of these arguments about you know what like the judiciary committee does and shit like that right i know what every committee does at this point (laughs) (laughs) i 
I find myself watching C-SPAN quite often. I have opinions on every senator. <laughs> yeah. Damn. We're <laughs> really all about it, man. Oh, man. I love... You know, I, I think it's just the most exciting thing on TV. Now. I can't believe people don't think this isn't the most fascinating fucking thing out there. Like, this is crazier than any television show, and this is really happening it's to us. It's so much crazier than it. any television show. You know, I have been a die-hard Shonda Rhimes fan mm-hmm. for... The better part of the last decade. Uh-huh. Her shows are intense. And yeah. they have provocative things going on. You know, Olivia Pope's character got an abortion on primetime television. Whoa, what? And nothing, none of that even feels as provocative as what's going on in Congress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like they were saying, the House of Cards, the reason why that show got canceled, obviously because of the Spacey thing, but fuck, they couldn't write a fucking better uh, show than what's actually going on right now or a more, you know, fucked up show. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, like that plot is fucked up and is like like schematic and it was all seen for like all of this crazy shit going on. You were like, oh, wait, this happened. It's way more circusy than that shit. Like this is like fucking... Just like onto the net. Yeah. This is like some Adult Swim. And House of cartoon Cards type doesn't shit. even seem like it can hold torch to C-SPAN. Right no, this now. is like some yeah. Aqua Teen Hunger Force shit. Like, basically. You know, like... Did you guys watch C-SPAN the day of, like, when Kavanaugh? Mm-mm. Oh, uh, well, I, I like when I say watch C-SPAN, it's always like watch how you know things got clipped out and like it all like on YouTube okay. and then and then on you know MSNBC or you know, they had a day like that. where they spent the entire day. They canceled. They canceled a lot of time slots, and people were calling in like the whole day to talk about their traumas with sex abuse mm-hmm. and saying it for the first time. Yeah, that is that is way more intense to have to take in than anything you can make up. That it's. And if you don't find that abnormal, you absolutely should. And you should demand that that be abnormal. I, god damn, I had something to say, but I, I just want to like make sure I write that down because again, that so succinctly like just summarizes the point. Uh, we deserve things to be on television to be make-believe and, and stories of imagination. George Orwell wrote his books not as to tell us what the future was, but to give us principles to look at before it happened so that we didn't make the choices and fall into those spaces. And we didn't listen in a lot of ways. But there is still time to change that. There's a lot of things that we that we can't. Like, there is, there's a lot of damage that I'm not going to sugarcoat that that is done. You know, a lot of the global warming stuff. Like, it's not time to be nihilistic, but, you know, it's like, yo, we fucked up. It's too late. We, we've been talking about it since the 70s, and shit is gone. And there's a lot of shit that, you know, I mean, people people ask me, like, hey, what's, what's like, you know, when I was so distraught and saying, like, this is the worst thing to ever happen to this country. You know, and people go, oh, pff, oh, oh whatever. Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Oh, you're really going to lose your rights and all this stuff. It's important to point that out when it does happen. No. And that, like, you, we've you know, been people right. People say losing say, rights as if it's like you receive a tablet of tabernacle from the mountaintop and you get like a big rights board every time you get mm-hmm. a new right or a board gets taken away from you. That's not how it happens. Yeah. And in my lifetime, I have seen the gay community be obliterated by AIDS, come to find that marriage. Um, was something that we wanted and we fought from 
Prop 8 in California <sighs> all the way to the Supreme Court. And then we got it. But nothing came in the mail. Nothing, you know, came in with trumpets unless you were in Santa Monica Boulevard <laughs> the day I was. Because, that, I mean... That's just how... Oh, that's just how it happened. It's the post office. Uh, but, like, I wish people understood how how things that can be so wonderful and so expansive for human rights or how insidious and how surgical things can be taken away from you can go with like the wind like you wouldn't know it happened these are agreements that are agreed upon by the people that we elect to represent us you you're you may not feel the change you might you may have been against gay marriage, but you probably don't know gay people. You know what I mean? Because, like, the casual nature of a wedding is just two people coming together, having a party with family and friends. How is how how could that feel like a threat unless there is a narrative and an idea behind it that fuels it into a, a way to hate one another? And when you start removing away these these ideologues that have just have like narratives in search of examples if you start peeling that all away and start looking at the basic humanity of treating one another fairly equally openly you can you can start to build a society that could that is sustainable and happy and don't have to worry about things that we are tied to worry about because we need access to money. Well said. And I, I think that kind of speaks to something that I've kind of learned recently that I, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of, you know, bad people and fascists have really understood better than I have uh, in times before. But, you know, the, the, sure, the, the go-to strategy for controlling a lot of people is, is fear, you know, and building up that fear. And being able to, you know, exploit groups that, you know, don't have the numbers or the, you know, uh, cultural clout to really defend themselves. Um, that's the way to do it. And that's what I've seen in this playbook. And it's so transparent that and that's what it's always has been. You know, it's always been and, and, and it's frustrating to see so many, um, you know, Republicans over the years who have said, OK, well, you know. It's a it's a means to an end, right. not realizing it's like you know, if that if these aren't like some basic principles of right and wrong. If you honestly in your heart understand like gay people existing really doesn't affect your life in yeah. any way. The, their There's existence in, in, in public life will probably go unnoticed because it is very casual for gay people to have relationships with one another and live in a house together mm -hmm. and live their gay lives without, you know, a firework parade going off in front of their house that would be disturbing everybody as if you would think it was what was happening the way they talk about gay people. Mm -hmm. And it, it, to, to see the way that they do this, the way that they divide themselves, and, and they, they use these easy-to-understand wedge and cultural issues to shoehorn in the stuff that they want, you mm -hmm. know? And so they use things like, you know, women's reproductive rights, uh, immigrants, you know, yeah. LGBT I feel rights. so sorry. I, I, I am so sorry to the women of this generation. I mean, you, you, you are going to lose access to 
reproductive health care. And as a man, I am sorry I did not fight earlier and harder um, for you. It, it, for all your all the listeners out there, I am sorry that that is the world we will be living in. And 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 that's that's the the scariest and kind of worst part about this, you know. In that, like, I think we are, you know, the best case scenario is that we are seeing the last days of the Republican Party. Yeah. But they have packed and and subverted the rules and engineered things in a way to themselves so that they will hold on to that power at least because. The decision makers, the real decision makers, in forty years they're not going to be alive anymore, you know, unless they actually figure in 15 out. Fifteen years they're not going to be alive. Yeah, and so they don't give a fuck what happens after no. that. You know, Mitch McConnell they... is the most cynical, craven, power hungry person, and like I said earlier, he has lit the government on fire in a dumpster and is riding it side saddle down a hill towards an orphanage. He is the worst thing that has ever happened to the modern American democracy. Full stop. I could not agree with you more. He is one of the fucking horsemen of the apocalypse. And and it's it's just so great to watch people still cling to you know narratives like you know two equal sides and stuff like that because it's like when i talk about republicans and when i talk about the party now when i talk about these operators and stuff like that i'm talking about there's a there's a rot that's come to it and when it when you know in the the old days of you know conservatism and looking to free market answers for solutions and stuff like that like that is a real philosophy that like okay i can see what you guys mean i don't think it's going to work like this and we can look at a struggle like we can actually have a conversation like that's what politics that's what people think politics is now or politics is what it actually is is them using things like locking children in cages having kids who are three to five years old represent themselves in immigration court and signing their names in a fucking crayon on these uh legal forms it written completely in english that say i renounce my right to um you know a free and fair trial like in this country like, Which there's also a, an amendment in the constitutions that says you are not endowed with the ability to write to write away your your constitutional rights in this country. You do not have a right to write away your constitutional rights. So I I I, I want to know how that thing works because oh. of how that amendment. Here's the thing: is that is that people think that this is all okay. Because the people who are actually in charge of, of watching over these things and making sure actual fascism doesn't come to this country are the actual fascists. They are making the rules and the laws. And because they have stuck together in this, like, you know, this unified, you know, bulwark that protects them from everything, they are just going fucking hog wild on this entire democracy right now. And we're seeing it in Kavanaugh. We're seeing it in, you know, the ramp, like they're ramming through these, uh, you know, the, the tax bill. Fucking half of a bill that is signed into law in this country is written in the margins in a ballpoint pen. Like what the fuck? Like uh, that looks like my homework back in high school. Exactly, and yours, yours is probably more correct in the math. Probably, yeah. Like even the and math. And I failed math like <laughs> four times. 
Yeah, I, I did too, but guess what? I trust economists when they unilaterally agree. It's like, oh, first of all, they did the math wrong and their estimates were off by $20 billion. And now here we are about a year after and we're seeing that economic growth has slowed to below the rate of, the rate of inflation. And we have not seen a fucking dollar in the paychecks because what happened? Exactly what we have been saying was going to happen and that they got these giant tax cuts for all these billionaires and all they did was fucking stock buybacks to enrich their own wealth because it's it's a fucking disease i'm left to assume it's a goddamn disease because i don't understand how you could lose so much of your soul and your humanity to to rationalize all this stuff to yourself because it's all so clearly it's evident it's right there in front of you yeah and you know what and it's verifiable too and the the thing is I want to like I I want all of the bleeders out there to go out to your local luxury salesperson. This is what I did for ten years, and I did not know how luxury business worked until about two years ago. Luxury items for sale are produced for the sole fact of hiding money. Mm-hmm. I sold suits and handbags and luxury goods that cost. Upwards of $50,000. And I thought I was just helping rich people. No. This last tax bill was so immoral and gave so much disgusting wealth that the people who got that amount of money did don't know what to do with it and have to hide it because it is so egregious. And they, if you look at, if you go to... I'm sure Newport Harbor or Seal Beach Harbor or Laguna Beach or Dana Point and you go into any of those yacht businesses and ask them, how is business going right now? They're going to tell you it's going really well because super yachts are being produced at 80% the rate more than they have been in the past decade. What the fuck? And that's because yachts are money dumpsters you can just put so much money into a yacht because it takes so much skilled labor to make such a luxurious item to make a giant fucking boat so some jackass can go bob around on the ocean for 20 minutes i'm these are things that are verifiable on a very human level you could go into any luxury mall in the united states i won't mention the ones around here because i used to work for them (laughs) But you could go into your any designer label store and ask any salesperson, how's business going? And they're going to tell you business is fucking wonderful. It has never been so good because rich people who got an 18% cut in the fucking corporate tax in the corporate tax system are taking that money and buying luxury coats beautiful handbags super yachts to go sailing fucking nowhere they are taking trips around the world they are buying condos in developments where nobody lives just like fucking trump tower they buy giant automobiles they buy everything in your favorite color everything that you might have ever dreamed of because you grew up in a society that worshipped material culture and they are living that life on your dime because they don't want to contribute to the United States. That's how gross and disgusting this bill is. Everything that's luxury going into the hands of the super wealthy is coming out of Medicaid, uh, 
health programs, initiative to curb to curb uh, poverty in certain regions, the education, the education system. It's all on the backs of working people, and that is what we have allowed as a society to let other people who already had the means to live high on the dollar out of our pockets that's what that tax bill is it's it's fucking damn man like that 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 really brings so much of it into context you know because i i I, everybody i think missed the point of you know or at least people who kind of keep up with the news a little bit more regular regularly when paul manafort you know when they when they exhibited his like ostrich skin jackets in there I get, yeah. everybody was so that's a perfect example because i have sold a ton of those okay. i have sold i have sold jackets that are made out of exotic skins and i can tell you as as being part of the labor force inside of that inside of that culture they treat those people like shit they make them go to school to learn how to be able to be a professional salesperson and they grind their salespeople into the fucking ground and they make them sell expensive, luxury, exotic things to people who are trying to hide money. And they're, the, the people, the nice young gay salesman who works at your local store who, you know, does all, make sure all your tailoring's correct and puts nice outfits together for you. Those people are fucked. Mm-hmm. In, in the whole payment scheme of all of this. They don't make a ton of money anymore. They've wiped away commissions for salespeople pretty much all across the luxury brand market. And it, it's just, it's it's so fucking sick to know how they take labor, run it into the ground, make them sell as much as they can of these ridiculous items to people who don't need the money that they have taken out of their workers' pocket. They, they can, they can look you in the face and hear your story and then understand and then still go ahead and you know just i mean either do these things or or vote in a way that says you know okay well what are we going to do like punish the wealthy and like they worked hard to get this don't they deserve a twenty thousand dollar you know uh ostrich jacket that they don't have to pay any taxes on no there should be a wealth tax at this point there, there really should because you, you know what is the lifestyle difference between somebody with five hundred million dollars and somebody with two hundred million dollars? You, you, I, I've had you can't fucking. When I, I worked in. I don't know if you know that I lived in New York for for a while, and I sold. A ta- I'm not gonna say which brand, but I, I, for one of the most revered Italian suiting houses in all of the world. You know the name in any language, okay? Mm-hmm. I. I was there right after the crash when all of the bankers started leaving these large institutions. And I had some of them who act like fundamentally, like it became a relationship. Like I I became a friend and I could ask questions and I was in the dressing rooms with these people. It's a very intimate space. You you, You get access to information that way as a salesperson. You get to know what's kind of going on. And I had uh, the vice president of a major, major, major financial institution, one of the oldest in our country, tell me that once you cross the $8 million mark, it does not matter if you have $8 million or $500 million. The lifestyle can be the absolute same how you manage the money. Jesus Christ, man. 
Eight million dollars is the threshold. Anything after that is superfluous. You're starting to harm people if you're hoarding that kind of money. And that's money that that gets taken out of the economy. Yeah, it's money that does not actually see it because you know when you do things like let's take everybody's favorite punching bag welfare. Well, guess what? That money gets spent immediately every time, all of it, like on you know essential goods. You know they support the grocery store. You know you know the local you know restaurant or something like that. That money gets circled back into the economy, which means they get that, and then they can turn around and spend that in there and invest and ingest more into the economy. It's a net positive. Immigration is a net positive. You know, it's a great thing. You know, it's a great, wonderful story about welfare that never gets told. In the United Kingdom, uh, a a a young gentleman who was going to Central St. Martin's, which is the number one fashion school any fashion kid would die to go for. It's the Harvard, it's the Oxford, it's it's the it is the place to go if you want to be a fashion student. A student could go to that school living on the public assistance program, can graduate from that program, have access to the uh, the media industry and buy all his fabrics and tools and workspace on public dollar and then you that young designer can one day become the head couturier of a french couture house and then after that have his own brand and lead other brands into the future too that's the story of alexander mcqueen (laughs) the most prolific fashion designer who has lived in the last hundred years he was on public assistance when he became the biggest thing in the world. So this notion that we should hate welfare queens or people just living off the fat of the fat of the fat of the country is the most ridiculous notion. Universal basic income should be should be heralded into this country with wide open arms because it would provide more opportunity for more people to re-enter with a sense of dignity, society, and contribute to the world the way we tell people to, which is to come here and follow your dreams. Yeah, that that, that that's that's perfect, man. Because that that is so, it's so tough. People think of that these ideas like like yo, it's it's time for like a new deal. You know, this is a new weird i think we're on the precipice or actually we're probably just leaving the gilded age you know of the 21st century you know the gilded age being uh you know a a term coined by mark twain to describe all of the just absolute excess in this country to you know give the appearance of of things being fantastic when really like the the basic necessities like people are not being able to provide uh, be provided for you know, that was a like, problem from like the 80s too, right? With like all the big metal bands and everything. People like the age of excess and people thought that was like what you do. And that's the time you buy houses and then you get into all of this shit. And it's like now we're paying I, for all those fucking like mistakes as well. And it's just getting worse. And, that's, and as a server, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Oh, I want no, to get this ahead. thought up about servers because this appeals to a lot of people that are probably listening or, you know, people that work in the restaurant industry or, you know, you have to claim a certain amount you know um and you get taxed and i know for myself um the last few years i've just noticed my you know tax going up like every year to like now it's like a thousand dollars like i'm paying in taxes and i'm just like what the fuck like i'm the more i work 
the more I have to pay out of my pocket while these guys, like you're saying, you know, are just getting all this fucking money, yeah. like for not really doing that much. Because the argument is from, you know, the other side, if you will, is the, well, who are we to say that how much a person should be able to make and not make if they work hard and they have a good idea, that's their right to do whatever they want, right? And it's like, well, no fucking idea. Also, no there's no work a physical human can do that is worth, that that is worth more <laughs> yeah. than $10 million, let's say. Yeah. Really? Th- that goes back to my idea that there's no such thing as an ethical billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. There's no such thing. I, I pulled a few um, you know, uh, tweets from this past week that I thought were very, that were on this topic that I, I thought were you know poignant that could express this point better than I ever could. And the first one is, you know, the problem with America is that people that make $700 an hour have convinced people that make $25 an hour that people who make $7.25 an hour are the problem. Mm. Yeah, this, you know, there was, this, a huge, there was a huge fight, yeah. I believe, in Chicago. When, or, or, I, 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 I could be totally wrong on the city, but I believe it was Chicago. When the, after the, or during the fight for a livable wage for fast food workers the paramedics were getting all in a hissy saying they shouldn't be making as much as us no yes. dude you, you should, should be, be making... making a lot more yes. exactly and it and i think i think there's a lot of meritocracy brainwashing that 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 goes into that that yeah you know people be put in their place because they should know their value by their education or what they can produce. And we will determine that value for you rather than letting an industrious person who may be trying to make it in the capitalist system, setting their own, setting their own worth. And it, it yeah, that, I mean, this, this, the false idea that this country, you know, is fundamentally a meritocracy is just so maddening because those people, I mean, if you're, if you're born on third base, it, they they refuse to investigate whether or not everybody else started there too. Yeah, and it's 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 oh it, it is it, it really gets me especially in this area right here because it's like you know when some people say like oh welfare or like why you know why can they pay for it? why pay for why it. do they need food you know? stamps and yeah. first of all it's called SNAP. It's Everybody, like, it's tra- called snap. Yeah, it's not food stamps. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all just you know it's 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 the way that they use language as like a you know as a derisive term. But it's like okay to take a you know, to take another example. It's like okay they're like well why don't you just get a job? Like okay what if you don't have a car? It's like well exactly that's actually right now as as a cancer patient who who cannot pay for his registration tags because my medication costs so much and 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 keeping the infrastructure in place that keeps me from 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 dying to be able to keep that in place my mom and I have not been able to get to a place where I can pay for my registration tags so that I can go out even looking for work exactly it is an exact situation that I am in. And we're in that situation because I got cancer and then I was sick for a year. And then my mom got a a form of cancer that she had to battle that was very aggressive. We took a, we took a financial impact the same as being hit by a fucking meteor. And it is taking forever to get out of the situation with the lack of resources that we don't qualify for because we have become a society that has adjusted the means and what worth is 
And we have put all of the people in charge of setting that in place by their value of like what they can, how much money they have made in their lives and what they think should be the moral and ethical way of distributing wealth like that. Absolutely. And it just, I'm I'm hoping, I, I want to believe that people are starting to wake up to this notion a little bit more. That they're trying to understand these things. That like, you know, here's another tweet that I pulled up was that, you know, this lady said, I don't I don't own or understand stocks. We are a lower middle class family on a strict paycheck to paycheck budget. I budget $35 for gas each payday. Today I paid 45. Last week's grocery bill was $30 higher than we're, than we're used to paying. So why don't you ask me how the economy is? Because these little things add up and if, people are are suffering they're they're, they're i would dying. like to know if the president even knows what the price of milk is the president thinks you need fucking id to go to the grocery store uh, that he has no idea. he he doesn't know that hiv is not the same thing as hpv <laughs> the president you're not even cool until you get hpv i want to like don't they say like most males have it <laughs> it's a disease that says boo think, in women's bodies. So it's only effective too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's fucked up. Um, and like you would think just some basic semblance of knowledge and the, and the people who I, I still see this argument now, even after the New York Times revealed that the president has never had a successful business. He's never been a good businessman. All of his money was just no, given to him through his he father. He is a fucking fraud. I worked on Spring Street in New York City. That is six blocks down from Trump Soho. I had most Trump executives who were in the leasing part of the business of Trump Soho, which is the most mindfuck of a building that you've ever seen in your life because half the year it's a hotel, half the year it's residence, which is beyond what? me to understand. What? Uh, yeah. He, has, he leases crazy. it out for six and months? Had, That's had, so arrogant. Like, we're going to see who wants to live in my house or my place. It's, it's well, it is absolutely a- bizarre. But uh, <laughs> let me tell you, the people... First of all, Trump does not do construction at all. He does not build things. Mm-hmm. He has other people build things and then he rips off the people who build who build it for the people who he is leasing his name to. And I had so many construction workers construction uh construction construction owning people uh, people who own construction companies come into my store and tell me on more than one occasion that that man is a giant fucking fraud everybody in new york city knows it the fact that he was able to put himself on television in the light of a strong businessman real estate developer is one of the biggest cons that has ever been perpetrated on the united states of america because the man is hapless like a baby and the, it it's just crazy it's crazy how it still keeps happening. Though. It's like, crazy just, how he's getting away with it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you can get far if you are a, a privileged a white beyond belief. Yeah. Also, if you were if born, your dad's funneling you four hundred million dollars, if you were yeah. born as a billionaire and then also realize, oh, I'm just gonna go through my whole life never giving a single fuck about anybody, like a straight up sociopath. Who would do things that most people would never even consider to do? And I'm I'm talking most like ninety nine percent of people it's would so not funny. do things given those same positions in there because I I am afraid of people getting so cynical and saying okay well I mean if 
if that guy can be the president, then I'm just going to fucking do whatever I want. That is not the answer there. Yeah. Is that there needs to be such a strong and overwhelming force to answer back for that. And I think we've done good, but we need to we need to keep pushing for it because that man is not smart. He's not a businessman. He's not successful. He's no. never run anything in his life. He's been nothing but a con man. And those hotels and stuff like that, the ones that didn't go bankrupt, were actually a gigantic money laundering schemes to get Russian mob oligarch money into uh, the state, wash it clean as they invest with Trump stuff and, you know, Kushner hotels and stuff like that too, and and send it back over that way. And this has been happening since the 70s and 80s. There is fucking And most of the people you know who have the kind of reputations that Donald Trump has are all doing the same thing. There is a class of people living out there that are manipulating the tax system and living high off the dollar that should have gone to the U.S. government that should have been put into public programs that would have benefited your lives as listeners. I hope you feel a little bit the sting of knowing that this world could have been a lot better had the people who should have been paying taxes actually were people don't understand like that how gigantic of an impact that would make i mean like you said there's there's literally no difference between eight million dollars and 500 million and there are so many you know gigantic there's a lot of people who have way more than that and this is living the fucking craziest lifestyle that you could if everybody can be happy off like you know 70, 80,000, like that can go so far. Instead, we're having teachers buy their own fucking pencils so they can teach your kids in second grade. And that is so yeah. they can afford uh, Betsy DeVos, the secretary of education who is ruling, who is um, stopping investigations into uh, into like really hostile and fucked up um, uh, student loan uh, companies who have been charging kids there. One of the only debt types that you cannot um, relieve yourself of through bankruptcy. Fucking student loans, as we're trying to sell everybody on this idea that you have to go to college and stuff like that. She... And her, that her happened... Fifth, that, fifth that, the the, the increase in all of those prices happened when we were in high school. We watched yeah. that happen. There is a woman who sits on the... Who sits as the chairwoman uh, of the, hel- uh, the Education and Labor Committee in the House. Her name is Virginia Fox. She's from North Carolina's 4th District, I believe. And she gets like 80% of her money from for-profit colleges, which are known as burn-and-turn colleges, get, get um, people who are uneducated and live in low-income, uh, low, low wealth disproportionate areas into the colleges and signed up on federal loan programs and then fail them so that they can so that they get out of the school but the but the for-profit college still gets to hold the federal loan it is a crime that is exactly what trump university was Mm -hmm. and it's being perpetrated on so many more people around this country than almost any other uh, financial crime system that is going on. The the interest rate alone from 2012 on forward on just the student loan uh, debt crisis that is looming in the distance and will be the reason for the next recession mm-hmm. is so high that we can't even bail it out. And, and people are still signing up onto it at 
exorbitant rates because our education secretary is a for-profit college businesswoman who has orchestrated and perpetrated this plan onto the education system of the United States across this country for people looking to get out of the shitty situations that they are in. And all this as we're cutting the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and just just gutting that financially from the inside because they know they're all working for these people. These are people who literally, like, they didn't even bother to divest their business interests before they took office. Like, I don't under, I don't think people really grasp how unprecedented that is and how unbelievably fucked up that is. They made, Jimmy Carter fucking gave up his tiny peanut farm before he went to become the president because they thought it might be a conflict of interest. A fucking peanut farm. Trump has a multi-billion dollar i mean allegedly i'm not even convinced it's multi-billion dollars maybe it's a, maybe it's now billion, it it's billion on paper yeah oh, no they've yeah. just come out about it recently though right or somebody was coming out about like saying how it like they have proof that it's all fraud like it's just fucking yeah well so claiming. much of it is um you know they they would like artificially inflate the prices and then they would sell them to um or they would like buy them back and stuff like that there it was like an exchange thing and that's how people would loan that's how and the like, fact that his, the da- his dad actually loan loaned them money. a lot more money than was like reported yeah. loaned yeah loaned oh yeah no half of the nice loan <laughs> yeah Trump wonder was, what the interest rate was. But he pulled his fucking boots up, man, and he got Trump to work. Trump was a multimillionaire <laughs> at age three. On paper. This know? is why it's, you need to go out and vote. Vote, vote, vote. Vote, vote, vote. It's crazy because I was going to say earlier that like it's among the many foreshadows of you know this sort of thing happening. Even though it didn't depict him as a president in any way, it was just like my disgust for this person went back to American Psycho and you you were talking about yeah, Patrick Bateman yeah. absolutely yeah and he yeah. was a sociopath that obsessed over him and like wanted to be like him so don't be a sociopath like just turn against this guy you know that that is that is 100% <laughs> it and he, he didn't divest he didn't divulge, divest any of his fucking Trump Tower holdings and now Saudi Arabia can come in and the prince can buy up 10 floors of uh, Trump Tower in, uh, in Soho and actually financially saved them for that quarter that literally in that one day that they bought all those tripled their like quarterly revenue and nobody stayed in those fucking rooms or they sent like they sent barely anybody there the, or the, i know the prince himself who said he bought it from him went to stay at his other hotel that he always goes to and then and they play this also casually and this is the week where an american uh, permanent resident was fucking lured to turkey and then dismembered by saudi arabian assassins he was a journalist who was critical of their regime and they sent 15 guys into an allied country this guy is uh, a permanent resident of the u.s he's a basically a fucking citizen okay he lives here. he's one of ours he's one of ours one of ours was in a foreign country tortured to death tortured to death Dismembered. I've had a friend. I've actually lived through the experience of having uh, a friend of mine being dismembered. Jesus. In 2009, I was at OCC and a guy with a gregarious at- attitude and a sense of life like you've never seen. This guy wanted, he had just gotten out of the military and was taking advantage of his benefits to go to school. I was working at the store I was working at 
and um, I got a call from a friend while I was at work that Sam was in was involved in in a murder. And I was like, what? That's that's insane. He's such a great guy. He's so nice. This, 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 that's so crazy. And as the police were looking for him, they found him, but in multiple places across the state. Jesus. He was shot in the head. Then his cell phone was taken and his girlfriend was lured to his apartment. His girlfriend was a good friend of mine, too. She was in some of my fashion classes. Her name was Jerry. And she was lured to the apartment, shot in the head and killed. Sam was made to look like that he had killed Jerry. And his body was disassembled and thrown in pieces in parks all around uh, the lo- all around Southern California. And... And if you don't think that that is a life-changing moment for somebody, you are not living in a grounded reality, friends. Because knowing that a person with so much life was pulled limb from limb is one of the most horrifying experiences I have ever lived through as a human being. I I was so taken aback that my friend was put into pieces that I had to take several days off of several days off of work and uh, and and just spent days and days crying just thinking about what his final moments look like a bone saw you know that that is so insidious and to have that come after a journalist across the world who's one of our own it feels like the same experience for me Damn, man. I mean that. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I can, I can see that. It's, it's so, it's so upsetting to me that that this is even a conversation that these people are on the same team as us, as people, as Americans. When you can watch him do the cost-benefit analysis in his head as they're asking questions about it, they're saying, well, you know, they, they, they said they didn't do it, and I mean, we just signed a, you know. Uh, four billion dollar arms contract with them so I mean I'm not gonna like do that like literally that's his first reaction to hearing the news there and that's what's so it makes me fucking so sick, sick. Yeah. exactly it, it's sick it's why there, there's no ethical billionaires I 100% agree with that because when you when you see things in that way when you frame things in that way and that's been the American way for a very long time yeah and like I yeah, said we've done it, it to communities well. of color for a long 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 time but that it, it's capitalism at this point it's it's a sickness you know it has brought about everything that they warned us that you know other terrible things would bring about you know socialism you know it was always so you know we were were scared into believing that and we was like okay uh, so many of the things that you were worried about us uh happening if we were to you know delve into socialism like i don't know medit like you know we take care of our people, like medical care for the entire population, not based on private wealth, like every other fucking developed nation. No, that's socialism. And, you know, the next thing is we'll, you know, descend into, you know, Venezuela right now. Like, if I told you we were 20 years away from that, would you really be surprised? No. At this point, I, keep going I would be surprised that it would only take 20 years. Yeah, I'm being, I'm being generous to somebody yeah. who, you know, 
is kind of listens to me say like you know this and, th- and tries to dismiss it as you know radical hippie you know kid stuff that they don't they, they don't know anything it's it's that's what i'm trying to say is that we need we need fucking real change and that only happens when people on the local level feel like they have had something personally taken from them and it causes them to get up stand up for themselves read a ballot measure and vote because that is the way you can make a difference we are the longest living democracy on the planet and what has made us fundamentally different than any other country ever before us was the fact that we are willing to give up governance or power however you want to frame it in your mind by the way of citizenship and what the citizens request their governance to be and we can't we we can't keep going forward with just autumn these automatic shoe in fucking empty suit congress people who are running the show right now because we are in such a dangerous position our allies are furious with us we are the laughing stock of the world for our supreme court our our white house is pretty much on fire every single day if if people on the local level don't start taking responsibility for the fact that this is our fault and the fault of of what this democracy has become comes from our own households if we don't start owning that and just accepting that and start moving forward we're not going to start pushing this forward this is why i got into activism in the first place to remind people the casualness of all of this insidious behavior comes from the fact that we didn't vote the right way, which is making a plan, getting it together, facilitating it, and then finding more people to vote. And that's that's the, the fundamental thing that I've realized that I, I maybe have not done enough of because tweeting about things and sharing articles and shouting into the void about, you know, what I saw in the news. I mean, back to the, back to the Bush days and watching, you know, Mitch McConnell and John Boehner, you know, run roughshod over, you know, the, the agenda that, you know, our first progressive, like our most progressive president in a long time, who was so pretty moderate, uh, believed in, like, you know, I, I wish I had done more at that time because I thought, I thought that, you know, okay, maybe things will get better because things were just good enough. I think that's the problem is that I was still comfortable enough and, and thinking that just being aware and talking to people and having a vague notion and making sure that I personally voted in every election. Like, like I, I started doing a thing about, I want to say about four election cycles ago, um, where I just started posting my ballot online, like on Facebook and stuff like that. And, and explaining my reasoning, you know, why I do this. And, and I post about politics fairly regularly just to, just to build up some trust, you know, and I've been doing that ever since then. And, and I'm, and I, you know, would pat myself on the back for them. I'm like, okay, you know, these people, they trust, they trust me. I do all the homework for them. If you don't have time to do it, you guys can check out this and I will give you a, I will give you a guide and thinking that was enough. But I, I'm really like, shit, man, like the problem is worse than even than I knew. Yeah. And there is no cavalry really coming. We yeah. are the cavalry, yeah. and and I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make up for it now. 
because I've always right. had this, this, you know, just, just if you're born in Orange County, you are insanely lucky. Insanely, insanely lucky. I can, I can never express the kind of thankfulness that it should be expressed to be able to grow up here. And, and it's, it's just, it is disproportionately unfair. It's, 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 it, yeah, it's, it still blows my mind. And there's this latent guilt that I think has followed me for forever because I realized like, yeah, no, I, I trust in my own abilities. I think I'm a smart and competent person, compassionate, but like, do I deserve everything that I have? I, I, I wouldn't say I'm probably the most deserving, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I can say that. And so I've constantly been in a struggle to stay ahead of that curve, to stay ahead of that, mm-hmm. that, that guilt, that, that shame I would feel that if I just had everything and just kept it without constantly proving right. that I was worthy of the insane privileges that I have. I mean, I, fuck, you I, know, I think that, that I, I, what you're explaining right now is the same kind of anxiety that some 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 people who who do have who have experience pr- privilege or or luck or whatever it may be that has brought them to a wonderful place in life i feel like they have that com- that that common feeling with one another and uh, i wish the idea of making a difference didn't look or, or or is visualized in a way that that we should feel guilty about our wealth and privilege. We should be expanding it to more people. Absolutely. Is what, is what, is what we should do. That is the humane and ethical thing. Is not to, to, to take um, the privileges that we have, kneecap them, and then redistribute them. No. There is plenty of... There's plenty of wealth in this country. There is enough resources. There is enough governance. There's enough systems and structures in place that the people who are experiencing um, wealth and privilege that we as a society could take the the, uh, cities and municipalities, townships, populace, whatever that may be, and lift them all up to the same level as of privilege and experience as as the most privilege in our country. There's there is absolutely enough money to do that. There is absolutely enough money. What that and that that is undeniable. I know a lot of people don't believe us when 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 we say things like that, but it that is one hundred percent true because we we actually in a lot of ways it saves us money to be able to do this because if we are constantly. Um, you know, having to put out fires and and charter jets to you know uh, pour water on stuff and, and hire very skilled firefighters who've been doing this for a long time and and just combat you know tragedy after tragedy and watch all these fires burn everything to the ground or you know if we had you know if build we paid a handful of people just to uh, oh, yeah, build houses don't catch on fire or just pay people to clear out the brush every once in a while right. you know. That may, that, I mean that that is a great way to employ the the homeless population, right? Public you know, works programs. We need a federal jobs guarantee. Yeah, you know, a federal jobs guarantee. That's not social. I mean, that's you know, universal people, basic income and a federal only, jobs guarantee is absolutely what 
is needed in this country. And and it bugs me. And I'm I'm so glad to see people that are not afraid of that. That people are actually no. like not unafraid. That is to a winning argument. There is no way that you can say that a federal jobs guarantee and a universal basic income is 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 not beneficial to the country. Uh, we absolute we are still benefiting from the new deal yes as a society because of the public works programs and the jobs guarantee that that the financial barons at that time were orchestrated to do because the government the governance told them to do it we know that these things work we have done them before and we are still benefiting almost a century later from them. And you can look to examples in other countries to see how the Hoover all Dam. These That's an example right there. I've done it there, and it's just you know I, I'm I'm happy to see that. And you know I'm yeah we have gone super super long. So I just I just want like are, are are you guys okay on time? Just because oh, me, this has been so gonna, good. I'm all right. Okay, but like you know we we can I mean usually I mean we would do you have like uh, more stuff on voters or. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I want to be respectful of your guys' time too, because I know it's actually kind of getting late here because I could literally sit here and do this for four more hours. And I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm already thinking let's, in my let's head. Let's do another I session. Might, I let's might do another session split sometime. this into two or something like that. Okay. You know, I, like j- just thinking, just thinking that way. So we can probably, um, let's, know. yeah, let's, uh, let's do, let's, uh, riff for a few more minutes and then maybe have a plan of action okay yeah the, let's the let's let's get on that because i think i think we have uh you know sufficiently made our case for why i know why who, the world should be controlled by us <laughs> yeah uh, and, and why people should just give a shit man yeah why people should give a shit and the, the whole reason that we're doing this whole thing is that you know online voter registrations are ending on october 22nd uh today is uh thursday october 18th play long and um that is this monday okay and that is a huge deadline because it is so easy to register to vote in this state. We are so lucky. We need to make sure that we do it because it literally takes just a few minutes. I'm not even kidding. Three minutes. It also just takes a couple yeah. minutes to verify your registration just to make sure that you are. Yeah. Because it make is sure a, you weren't purged from the voter rolls. That is a serious thing. That happens in yeah. every state in the union. Yeah. And especially someone that like in a county that is so Republican entrenched. Like, yeah, no, every, they fight fucking dirty. Yeah, fucking we check their work. Dirty. Check their work. Exactly. And so, it, like, like literally at the very minimum, all uh, we're asking for six minutes of your time to get registered or check your voter registration. And then either you can, you know, apply for an absentee ballot and they'll mail it to you and then you can fill it out and then you can mail it back to them or you can take it in on election day and skip that line make it super easy for yourself also we have early voter um early voting in the state i mean like i i looked at my early voting uh polling area it's like just a few blocks away here and so that's i think the way that i'm gonna do it uh this time around and that's gonna start on the sorry i didn't have that date off the top of my head um shit October 27th through November 5th. Yeah. You can do early in-person voting. No having to deal with mail, you know, with the mail. I mean, shit, I have a very loose grasp on how to mail stuff still. And I've, I'm almost 30 fucking years old. Stamps.com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stamps.com. Uh, put in the promo code. Uh, Stephen Martin. And, <laughs> and if that get, was a real And program. get no discount, but, you know, you'll feel better about yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, we need to. And not, not just that, but like the chances are 
that you are an able-bodied person with some semblance of privilege and some semblance of care. And so if not for hearing these stories and making it more personal, for seeing, you know, the what could have been with this world, with your life, seeing all these things in there, maybe you have student loan debt, um, you know, and if and if if you're in a position similar to yourself, it's the it's the fucking guilt. It's it's, it's the shame realizing that like, it, oh, if you don't you're benefiting from a system that has just destroyed so many, so many lives that that were unnecessary. You know, if you if you don't I mean, if you think of yourself as a good person or somebody who is, you know, if you imagine yourself to be heroic, you know, you watch you watch superhero movies and just for that that brief moment you fantasize about that kind of thing that heroism you know that 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 honor that that sense of duty that is here out here in everyday life and it doesn't look like punching bad guys in the face it doesn't look like something flashy it looks like just spending a little bit of time to get into some good habits to keep yourself informed educated and to do your civic duty and that and if you and if you can do your civic duty and that's all you can do okay i don't want to hear a lot of excuses because i think a lot of people just think okay well if i'm living well myself and i'm nice like that's enough it's like no you have the ability to help and you're not helping i i i don't consider that to be a great thing and so fucking at, at the very least just make sure that your immediate family your immediate your, your best friends are all registered to vote yeah and that they know what to do and also be very cognizant of the fact that though th- what we have been talking about it is nihilistic and m- maybe a little bit more in the gallows that is comfortable for people, you can rest assured that at this point in time, in my life, I am sick, I am poor. I have lost relationships. I have lost money. I have lost access to livable things. But I have never been in my life more hopeful for a moment that is an I am Spartan moment than any time that I have ever lived at all in the past 30 years. We have the moment in our grasp just days away that we will be able to peacefully transfer power by the simple act of voting. The the power of governance can shift and you can put a check on all of this. And that is one of the most beautiful things about being able to stop chaos is to organize it. And all of this, all of this stop, all of the partisan rhetoric and and moments of of fighting and and tension between your friends and your families and your neighbors, all of that, all of that can change. And and the way it can is the fact that we realize that we have way more in common when with one another's yeah. stories. The fact that I I'm here as a I am here as a representative of the future of cancer patients that could be gone if Obamacare is repealed. And I, I sit here very, very hopeful that the people who listen to this podcast will go out there and make some sort of difference. Because we are living in the greatest time in human history when more medicine is available to the sick. When, when more uh, ability to get out of bad situations exists. The fact that we have overcome 
two world wars. We are transitioning from the energy sources, from oil to renewables. The fact that we are very becoming very conscious that we have been fueling and funding a war that has no moral obligation to settle itself. And the fact that we are coming to terms with that and that we are ready to end that. The fact that we elected the first black president and are still looking for another president that is going to inspire us and lead us from this darkness gives me more hope that we can survive this horrible time that we all feel because it is permeated into all facets of our life, whether that be work, our relationships, our homes, our outside friendships, our circles of influence, or the general populace of the internet. We have we, we are living in very extraordinary times, my my friends, the bleeders of bleeders of this <laughs> cast. I I, I encourage you to not own to not look into the darkness, but to be in the darkness and look at the light yes. and start moving towards it and come to terms with where we are and who we are as people and the fact that we can live in intention and dignity and self-realization that we can turn this whole ship around, but we have to want it. And that is where the the opportunity lies for for everybody in this country is to go out there and want a better society and then take it Stephen Martin I'm going to give you the last word on that one because I there's no way either of us had you know like a million monkeys and a typewriter for infinity could have produced that like that's that was beautiful it's succinct and I think this is the best thing we've ever done. Uh, sorry to everybody else uh, who's been on the show before. They're lovely. I'm this has been such a great experience. And I, 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 I say this with a very full heart that it is so nice to come. You know, when I grew up here, I had a very, very, very hard time because this was a very an anti- gay place for, I, for a long time you were I not was, complicit in that no I, but were, i was like wit, like not literally witness to it but like yeah i was there in the same place i know right. how it was it I, is so nice to come back 10 years later and know that i have sanctuary and friendships and community down here with people who think and act just like myself and that is the kind of red to blue hope that i think a lot of us need to rest our laurels on that you can go home and it it can change exactly things can change that's what i want cheers my friends there was steven you are you're in in inspiration beyond all inspirations man i mean i i even i didn't even know the full scope of of what i was getting into uh when i when i invited you on and man like just let me give you a hug man i don't i don't usually end this shit like that but but you know, in every way I can say that I'm that I'm that I'm I'm proud of you for what you're doing, and you've literally, you know, like as if I couldn't have any more vigor for fighting the way I do. You know, you've you've given that to me, and it's just, you know, 
you've got a talent for this man yeah and um, one last thing bleeders oh. out there um please uh follow me on twitter instagram facebook um all my social media is at steven star you can follow the fight and the front line of the resistance if you need a if you need more a moral reason to believe in something and you are in search of that you can come to my spaces and find that kind of integrity there so steven star on myspace right? steven star yeah. on myspace <laughs> what were the all the ones that failed <laughs> oh man yeah no i've got we've got accounts on all of them so yeah, <laughs> check us out there um, at let it bleed cast on facebook twitter and instagram uh make sure that you guys are subscribing to the show to get it right into your ear holes every week and motherfuckers like if there, there's there's one central takeaway and it is go vote or go register to vote right now you're running out of time all right my I, preferred way is uh vote save america.com yes it is vote a save. phenomenal phenomenal resource all right they are going to get you registered to vote you can verify your registration they've got full um ballot guides for uh for people so you can actually uh, you know, learn more about the things that are way more, um, you know, intensive than the and, ones that get sent to you. And, and understand it early and mark it down so that when you get to the polls, that you have all of the answers right there in the palm of your hand in your smartphone. Absolutely. And and I also, uh, you know, I will be doing my, uh, my, you know, my normal thing that I was just talking about that I do every year, which is filling out a ballot, posting it online, opening it for discussion, and, and, and just doing my best to, as, as someone who has watched every single day of the news and has not gotten off Twitter since, you know, since Trump announced his election or his, his yeah. bid for president. Um, it's just a perspective that if you I've have not never wanted an much, escalator to break so bad in my entire life. And oh watching my him God. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, what, what, so actually, that, one, so one last thing: show, show a message to the kings of the of of this podcast. Let them know that you're going to go out and vote uh, by subscribing to this podcast and finding a friend and making them subscribe to. Let these people, these good media people who are trying to make a difference, know that you are listeners and you are active. Subscribe. Find a friend to subscribe. Make sure that they listen to this episode. Make sure that they are registered. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Get out there. Be active. Send us a message. We want to hear from you. This is a community. You know, we all want to do this together. And it's not fun to just do it by yourself alone. You know, I swear to God, any stranger who says, hey, I, I, I want to help. I feel like I should do something. I don't know anybody. I don't know you. But uh, I'm like, I will go canvas with you like yeah. this weekend. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Like, we need all the help yeah. we can get. Everybody's meet us in person. <laughs> <laughs> and and son of a bitch, you are better at this than we are already. So you are starting a podcast, and I'm I will you start absolutely okay? start a podcast. I will I show will you everything to do. I'll get you all set up. I'll get I'll you know I'll get your your shit all organized. Right? Mom, because... What was the name I had for my podcast? That was so funny. Oh god, I don't remember. <sighs> I had a I had such a funny name. Oh, it was so good too. I'll, I'll have to come back and keep brainstorming, man. I'll help yeah. you with the fucking logo. You like sure I'll get all that shit together because you need <laughs> yeah. like you know your your story, your message, and it's just your prose is so powerful. And I I can't thank, thank you, you enough for for bringing that to us today. Yeah, and, and, and it was you know, you know it's it it is such an honor to come to come home to where I'm from and find uh, friendships that. Um, that are over a decade old and feel like picking up like we right left. where we left off. Yes, and it's a, and it's a beautiful thing I think for 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 me to hear because I've I've 
always wanted to change the perception of what the city is because people have always I know and yeah, it's got me, a, me yeah. and you've heard this our whole life yeah in that this is this is a shit city like full of racists yeah and and you can there, find there, of that. yeah it's not hard to yeah. find I grew up on the wrong side yes. and, and the receiving end of it. I remember very well. Yeah. And, See, I passed and for white, so I've been pretty much okay this whole time. <laughs> See, I can pass for white, but <laughs> usually I come off gay. <laughs> I, I just love to hear that, like, that you, that, like, you know, somebody who, who would know way better than I do, that you're, you're getting the sense that I am, that I think I'm understanding that, like, this place is getting better, and we can actually change what it is yeah you know it doesn't have to be that you know what we need we need a gayborhood in orange county somewhere fuck yeah, yeah we do yeah oh shit there okay. aren't any laguna beach was originally the gayborhood but the onslaught of the hiv and aids crisis led to um the death and relocation of gay people oh wow yeah, that's a that's fun like history. There is actually <laughs> a very very beautiful and colorful history about Laguna Beach. I highly recommend people look it up and just. I know the Orange Sunshine stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a great book by Nicholas Sand. Mm-hmm. The Orange Sunshine, definitely check that out. I'm sure you probably already read that one, right? I don't believe so. There's a lot of stuff that happens that you're like, wait, what? The and Boom then, Boom Room. Like you know, like, you just <laughs> always assume growing up that it's like extremely conservative and like you know. No, this not. this was, county was founded on gay guys. It was lived the southern, in cottages <laughs> on, southern in, California on the beach. Mecca, mecca for hippies, you know, and, and arts and stuff. <laughs> so so don't be fatalistic about what your community or or you know what people are and stuff like that. Every, nothing nothing is written in stone. No, can't don't be, be fatalistic Let's in fucking general. Fight for it. Yeah, go positive. vote. Go vote. Be hopeful. Go vote. Well, thanks, man, for coming Thank on. You. Thank, Thank you, you very much for this fucking awesome thing. It was a pleasure listening to you. And uh, yeah, like this is probably one of the longer ones we've actually gone through without it ever seeming like it was long. So thanks for coming on. Thank thanks you. for giving some perspective to just about everybody that's out there. Really, if you, you know, listen to this, you know, just keep it with an open mind too. you know, like just think about everything that he said and take it for what it is and know that this is a big deal and you do have a voice. And for all the people that get out there, you know, don't fucking just say, well, it's already fucked. You know, it's going to be fucked if you don't fucking no, actually unfuck it. Unfuck, unfuck it. Unfuck it. <laughs> it's going to be it. fucked unless you unfuck it. It's going to take every ounce of me to like, because there have been so many great episode titles that have come up. And like it just at the very end, can you just dangle, it, you just dangle the gayborhood, unfuck and it, unfuck yeah, it, unfuck it, the gayborhood, and uh, dumpster f- fire rolling downhill, Mitch McConnell writing <laughs> He would put that as the whole title. I literally have so many. It down, was such like, a good go enough podcast that Frankie back. came out to join us. Like she's yeah, like the cat usually hides under. the whole time, and now she's out here trolling for pets. Uh-oh. We are big cat people. <laughs> Yeah, don't forget to follow you know myself on Twitter at Phil Nobody Cares, and then flip that around for Instagram at Nobody Cares Phil. Uh, don't forget to follow Dave at Hood Red Stuff with three Fs, and as well as Psychedelic Lines Den underscore Psychedelic underscore Lines underscore Den to uh, follow some art of uh, all of my friends. But yeah, definitely. Um, and just, Steven Star yeah. on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in and go vote. And as always, let it bleed. Let it bleed all over those ballots. Yeah.